Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. Ooh. You got coronavirus. Why doesn't he just act like a president? That's a stupid way to say it. You know, guess, Donald Trump really was asked wishing... on... Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I probably best I don't. I just, I just can't figure the guy. It's like, it's, I don't know, it's like watching a yo-yo. I shouldn't have said it that way. It's like watching. It feels that way. I want to ask. I want. <laughs> it's okay. Are you at all concerned, as Trump said, that we cannot let the cure be worse than the problem itself? We have to take care of the cure. That will make the problem worse, no matter what. No matter what, we know what has to be done. You are fake news. You don't start making more sense. We're going to have to put you in a home. Very fake. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. I agree with that. Skag agree wherever he is. Get your blood out of here. You are a terrific team on all counts. All right, go, go. Ten, five, four, three. I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. I hope uh, quarantine week two treated you well and everyone in the audience as well. And um, unfortunately, if breaking news is any indicator... We have uh, plenty more of these weeks to come, at least if we're all going to be following the CDC guidelines or the Trump administration's guidelines. Trump has just extended the coronavirus social distancing guidelines to April 30th. We will discuss that and everything else that happened this week. The state of the virus, the state of the economy, the state of the coronavirus stimulus bill that finally passed last we were live or at least last Sunday when we were live. Remember, they were trying to get this thing this thing through the Senate, and it wasn't working out. I didn't expect an entire week of nonsense. And um, Didn't you, the- though? You know, we had a super chat on Wednesday, somebody that was like, $2 trillion, and we're each getting $1,200. We're getting boned. We're going to have the breakdown for you. And as it so happens, we're getting boned. And uh, yeah, I didn't, unfortunately, uh, I will confess, I didn't have time to read the entire 800-page bill. So there's a lot of shit in there I'm not aware of. Uh, we'll we'll go through what we do now, at least. Um, a plenty of youths out there. I like that term. Whenever you're youths? trying to blame, whenever you're trying to blame the young people in a general way, the youths are at it again, and they're getting edgy with their coronavirus stunts and their coronavirus challenges. We'll see how those are working out. Uh, specifically, I don't know if you caught the interview with the coronavirus challenge creator on Doctor Phil. She had some interesting and true stuff to say. She had some shades I thought you might appreciate. Yeah. Mm. Dr. Phil Illuminati. I don't know. (laughs) 
if there's a, if there's one thing worse than Joe Biden campaigning in real life, it's Joe Biden campaigning remotely through the internet. You heard some of it in the intro there. The struggles continue. Um, and not just with his media appearances. Old Joe has been me too'd this week. A sexual assault allegation from the nineties emerges. All of this is not looking good for Joe Biden, but should we make the same mistake as we did a few weeks ago by declaring Joe dead? Some of the polling suggests we should not, much to my surprise. He's still polling. We've been wrong before. Ruth Bader Ginsburg well. still alive. Allegedly. <laughs> Plus, uh, hoax, hate, and surprise cringe to close. And we will take super chats on YouTube, Streamlabs, or DLive in between topics. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show, of course, because we are no good low-down money grabbers. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show-related and support the show over on the website. That's mattchristiansenmedia.com. One of the many things we have featured over on the website is special deals from our friendly listener-owned businesses, of course. This week's feature business is our friend Justin Nazaroff at Phoenix Ammo. He doesn't care what the governor of Michigan says. He is an essential business, and he's working overtime to keep up for demand for ammunition in this crazy, crazy time. Everybody is responsible for their own defense, and so we're going to make sure that we can do everything in our power to make sure that they have what they need when they need it. It's Friday afternoon in Novi, and in a moderately spacious warehouse, a handful of men are cranking out ammunition by the minute. We caught up with Justin Nazaroff, owner of Phoenix Ammunition, a local bullet manufacturer working to meet the spike in demand for ammunition. What we really hope is that people kind of have a... heart-to-heart moment where they they realize that the society we live in is more fragile than they would believe. Justin is also hiring guys in the area who have been laid off elsewhere. So not only is he sticking up for... Yeah, good for him, man. And uh, appreciate that uh, on that front, too. Not only is he sticking up for Second Amendment rights, he's doing what he can to keep money flowing to those who need it, too. Justin, of course, and Phoenix Ammunition generally makes a quality product that industry giants like Trigicon and Keltec trust. And he's a good uh, and he's got a product for whatever your purpose is, whether you're plinking <laughs> or um, don't don't read that name. You can't do it. Whatever your Still? purpose. You can't. It's banned. Whatever your purpose is, from plinking to critical toilet paper defense, Justin and Phoenix Ammo have you covered. Listeners of this show, of course, get 5% off uh, all Phoenix products uh, off their entire website. Using promo code MCLISTENER, you can find everything you need from Phoenix, plus awesome deals from the rest of our listener-owned businesses, including Charity Swipes, Hero Soap Company, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more at mattchristiansenmedia.com slash deals. Deals for listeners by listeners. A quick note, just uh, another small show milestone. Uh, Happy 200th show. That's kind of come out of nowhere. But uh, I wish I had something special planned, but I don't. Four years, almost. Almost. Four years around Memorial Day. Or maybe mid-May. It's coming a little sooner than that. Um, You know, nothing special planned, guys, but thank you for sticking with us through, some of you, 200 Sundays in a row with almost zero exception. I think we've skipped like two or three in that one time for my frame. wedding, and I think we had one for illness. There were a couple Thanksgivings that I took the Sunday off, but that that was really it. So uh, 200, that's a hell of a run, and uh, we're going to keep going as long as we can. So thanks for getting us this far, and uh, we'll carry on. Uh, a piece of art from our friend uh, Zach, who sent us some promotional artwork before. 
Uh, I guess I joined the Space Force or like, I don't know. I don't know exactly what's being depicted here. The Russian Space Force, maybe? I don't know. Maybe I'm, I take maybe issue I became with a your Halo weak Spartan. chin in, in this. Well, that is, you're going to have to email Zach and say, and say that. I appreciate the attention to detail and, of course, all the script and promoting the website and promoting the show. Very much appreciated, uh, Zach. Thank you for that. And um, I, I, I will plug uh, another stream I did this week, too. In addition, of course, to your show with Robin Riley, Motherland. Um, yes, which has been on a brief hiatus because Robin gave birth about 10 days ago. But I talked to her yesterday, and it sounds like she's um, getting ready to uh, come back. And we're going to do her birth story probably this week. So okay. check it out. So tune in for that. Uh, again, it's Motherland if you want to check out that show. And uh, channel. I went, That's the channel. Right. The channel. Well, the channel and the show. Isn't that the name of the show? We're still branding, but yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I went over on uh, Quite Frankly, uh, the Quite Frankly show this week. And uh, I know Frank has a lot of audience overlap with us, so it was good to connect. You can find that over on um, the Quite Frankly YouTube channel, or I just posted the audio on all of our podca uh, podcast audio platforms linked in the description. It was um, such a good interview. I like Frank a lot, and uh, I, <clears throat> I hope to have him on the show, and potentially if we need some help when you need to take time off in the summer, uh, Frank would be a good option. So, um, And just if you want to check out his show. I thought he did a great job, and he was one of the more fun interviews I've had for some time. So, so thank you to Frank, and shout out to him. All right, uh, a couple of small pieces before we move into all coronavirus all the time. I sort oh, of regret... Oh, I had a quick story. Yeah. We have named the baby. Oh, you, oh, I wish I had a drum roll sound, no. but I don't. All right. But I, I, I reserve the right to change my mind, but at this point in time, we're like 99% sure the baby's going to be Emmeline Julia. Emmeline. Are you going to shorten it or are you going to go with full Emmeline? Emmeline. It's like um, it's an English name that became popular in, the Ameri in, in America in like the 1800s, and it's a character from Anne of Green Gables, which is a beloved childhood miniseries of mine. Although my husband doesn't know that, so we shouldn't tell him that. Mm. Well, there you go. You have to type in the chat that Emmeline is the most beautiful name you've ever heard or blonde will ban you. That is how this is going to work. Right. Or <laughs> Ping Jr. Oh, still under consideration then. Yes. No, no hard decision. All right. Well, cool. That's good for you. I know you've been thinking about this for a long time. Yeah. So, um, so glad to hear it. All right. Um, We'll get into the serious coronavirus stuff momentarily. This week uh, in my neck of the woods, both Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks were closed. Why? Which, uh, yeah, it's insane to me. One, because it doesn't get much more socially distanced than the wilderness. But two, the roads aren't even open to car travel until mid-April, with the exception of one road in Yellowstone that's necessary to connect a small town in the northeast part of the park. Um, so anyway, NBC Montana, the local NBC affiliate here, sent a reporter to the north entrance of Yellowstone National Park to do a story on the closure, and he uh, he was spooked by a bison while he was trying to tape the story. Check this out. Montana three. Oh my god. Oh my god. Shit, son. Oh no, I ain't messing with you. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no, I'm not messing with you. Dude, he's right. He just crawled into the trunk. <laughs> he he, st he stashed the camera back there. He did get some uh, footage of the area bison there before he took off. Hard to tell because, um, of course, he's his own camera guy, and he's kind of looking off to the right side, so you can't get a clear view of how close the uh, the bison actually was to him. But uh, that that 
clip got insane viral traction on uh, on Twitter this week. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of likes and retweets and all kinds of insanity. I ain't messing with you, man. It's, a, it's essentially a sounder there. I don't know. And uh, if you're struggling through your quarantine, you're really having a hard time these days. Don't forget those who have endured the struggle uh, to a much worse extent than you have. Of course, I'm talking about Jesse Smollett, who returned to Instagram this week. He posted a video of himself singing a Stevie Wonder song, and he captioned it, Quarantine Day 421. Of course, counting the days since his alleged January 2019 attack. He's been quarantined for more than a year, uh, longer than the rest of us. So oh, uh, yeah. just just remember those who are really struggling in this in this time. All right, so I, I sort of regret that it has to be coronavirus, all, all coronavirus all the time, but this is all the news is, and really uh, all of this stuff is going to determine the direction our lives go for the yeah. next few weeks and months. So, But um, I'm going to implore the audience to think about it in a different way. Okay. Do you want to do that now, or do you want to wait till we go through it? I mean, I think we should have a general discussion about this at the end of the segment. We should, you know. Okay. We should talk about what what the what the nightly news is talking about and do our due diligence. But I think we really need to zoom out on this one, and uh, hopefully we can give you some perspective. So stick with the boring stuff for a little TLDR, while. TLDR: Blonde wants your grandma to die, for and sure. your grandpa yeah. too. But your personally, I have a personal vendetta against your grandma you audience listening. member that's listening. Yeah. Yes, if you're thinking, is she talking about me? Yes. Yes. Yeah. She is. All right, as of this afternoon, actually it's updated since the last time I looked, we now have about 141, 142,000 confirmed coronavirus cases across the country. Some 20, just under 2,500 deaths. That figure, the death figure has doubled in the last three days. The deaths per day have been increasing. There were 525 on Saturday, 400 on Friday, 268 on Thursday. These, of course, are nationwide numbers, but this problem is extremely localized. Almost half the cases in the country some 60,000 are in New York State, predominantly New York City. Almost half the deaths in the country, uh, just under 1,000, are in New York State and predominantly New York City. You factor in the cases and the deaths that are in New Jersey, and um, the state of the virus has quickly become basically New York and then everybody else. This thing is serious in New York City, but we um, are also still short of the doomsday predictions of resource rationing and death panels and bed shortages and ventilator shortages and all that. Um, there are makeshift hospitals that are being built in New York. Trump uh, just today sent off the UN or the USNS Comfort, a naval hospital uh, or a naval hospital ship to New York uh, on Saturday. Uh, so that will be arriving shortly if it hasn't already. Now, as far as the ventilators, there's kind of some conflicting information out there. Um, there's kind of been this back and forth fight between Cuomo and Trump about the supply needs. So far as I understand, the, sh the shortages have not, in fact, been fully realized. That doesn't mean that the resource needs won't be realized. It's it just that the needs um, have not accelerated at the speed predicted. Uh, I do see stories out there about ventilator sharing, sharing a single ventilator between multiple patients at certain New York hospitals. Like that um, one doctor that turned one ventilator into nine ventilators. Did you see that? I hadn't seen that one. He yeah. split it into, he split it nine ways. I have no idea how he did it, but apparently it was done successfully. 
Well, and a lot of this stuff is done. This is a new technology, this ventilator splitting that Cuomo just approved or the state of New York just approved. A lot of this stuff is done in anticipation of future needs too. I'm not saying there aren't isolated cases where maybe a ventilator is short where there something like that. But the point is we don't have, as far as I've seen, and as far as Dr. Burks is saying, systemic shortage. I want to be clear about the issue here. Um, so, and I just mentioned as well, uh, Trump has now extended the guidelines for social distancing and uh, against gatherings and all of that until April 30th. So hunker down for at least a month, uh, at least a month more of this stuff. Odds are states will follow suit and try to enforce some of these guidelines or say that they're mandatory. Uh, this, of course, these are the same guidelines that have been in place since March 15th. And at the time, it was 15 days to slow the spread. Well, this week, the 15 days are up. Trump predicts that the peak of the death rate will hit in two weeks. He now says by June 1st, we will be on our way to recovery. So spend those Corona bucks very wisely when you eventually get them. That's it's going to be a little bit till we get them. Anyway, uh, so it, of course, it doesn't matter as much what I'm saying or what we're saying. What matters is what people like Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci are saying. And they've had a few notable things to say in the last uh, 72 hours or so. So Dr. Burks, remember, she's uh, she has an official title with the, the president's coronavirus task force. Uh, but she on Thursday, cautioned against sensationalizing the worst case models and sensationalizing care needs, saying worst case models uh, are providing inaccurate uh, warnings, um, are, are proving inaccurate rather, and warnings of resource shortages are speculative, not yet actual. This was Dr. Burks on Thursday. I'm sure many of you saw the recent report out of the UK about them adjusting completely their needs. You remember that was the report that said there would be 500,000 deaths in the UK and 2.2 million deaths in the United States. They've adjusted that number in the UK to 20,000. The predictions of the models don't match the reality on the ground in either China, South Korea, or Italy. Models are models. There's enough data now of the real experience with the coronavirus on the ground to really make these predictions much more sound. So when people start talking about 20% of a population getting infected, it's very scary. But we don't have data that matches that based on the experience. And then finally, the situation about ventilators. We were reassured and meeting with our colleagues in New York that there are still ICU beds remaining and there's still significant over 1,000 or 2,000 ventilators that have not been utilized yet. To wake up this morning and look at people talking about creating DNR situations, do not resuscitate situations for patients. There is no situation in the United States right now that warrants that kind of discussion to make the implication that when they need a hospital bed, it's not going to be there, or when they need that ventilator, it's not going to be there. We don't have an evidence of that right now. That was very reassuring. I think Daily Mail is the worst at sensational headlines. I have an abusive relationship with them. I read them all the time. Sure. Um, but I read that they, they, they're they like, look at this emergency room. I don't remember what the headline was. But uh, the doctors are saying, like, who's the most injured or who's the sickest? And that's how they're deciding who to treat. And I was thinking, that's how they always triage That's called triage. People. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's just like maybe the American public just doesn't know 
that they uh, give care based on severity of injury or illness, but that's obviously how you do it. And then, of course, you factor in the average remaining years of life. That has to be a consideration as well. <clears throat> and, and for Dr. Burks here, obviously, she's taking issue with some of the media coverage, some politician claims, perhaps. But that's not to say that she's saying everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Go about your business uh, over yeah. the weekend. I meet the press. She said that she anticipates no state or metro area will be spared from coronavirus. Mm. No state, no metro area will be spared. And the sooner we react and the sooner the states and the metro areas react and ensure that they've put in full mitigation at the same time, understanding exactly what their hospitals need, then we'll be able to move forward together and protect the most Americans. And then Dr. Fauci uh, was on uh, with Jake Tapper. I think it was this morning, actually. And he was pushed to give a prediction about deaths. And he reluctantly said 100,000 to 200,000. I, I play this because this is being hyped up by a lot of media outlets uh, currently. Dr. Burke said yesterday, as you know, that she doesn't think any city will be spared from this virus. How many cases do you think the U.S. will reach? Looking at what we're seeing now, you know, I would say between 100 and 200,000 cases, but I don't want to be held to that because it's, it's, it's excuse me, deaths. I mean, we're going to have millions of cases, but I, I just don't think that we really need to make a projection when it's such a moving target that you could so easily be wrong. Yeah. So that is being hyped as Dr. Fauci says 200,000 Americans are going to die. Well, you know, when, when media push him into it and you ignore all the qualifiers he put on that. Well, if you, you know, gun to the head, this is what I would say, but I don't really see the point of making predictions that are almost certain to be wrong. Yeah, you know, I, I take what he's saying seriously, but I wouldn't take it as um, as gospel either. You know? Yeah, I'm really disappointed in the dissonant right that it lacks skepticism with these projections after our becoming familiar with the modeling that was used for global warming. Um, it's, you know, garbage in, garbage out. And if you remember last week, we thought we saw a leveling or at least a drop in um, cases in Italy which if you would have followed that from like a, a linear perspective, it would have it would have evened off. So none of these things, pandemics don't move in a, in a linear way. Um, I don't think that we can extrapolate. Nobody has any idea how this is going to behave or if it's going to continue or if it's going yeah. to hit a wall or if we're going to have a second wave. Um, <clears throat> so I think that we need to take all of this with a grain of salt with every new week of information we get about how this is developing in the United States. That is, that is net benefit both because we, well, it, it's going to do a lot to give us certainty about how this thing is developing and uncertainty is the greatest enemy of our economy right now. Not that the medical reality doesn't matter. It does, but so far the medical reality is below a lot of projections with the possible exception of New York city where the thing is pretty bad. And as soon as we have a, a, a confident understanding of how this is developing in the United States, then we can count on the economy to come back too. But that day is not today. Every week is a step toward that, though. Um, reference to or what, what um, Dr. Burks was referencing about these studies that have uh, proven to be inaccurate. If you didn't see this this week, the Imperial College uh, model that originally cited 500,000 predicted coronavirus deaths in the UK and 2 million in the US was 
people were saying this was revised or adjusted, and the 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 author of that or the the person making that claim um, uh, is uh, what's is it what's his first name? Uh, Neil Ferguson. Neil Ferguson is this uh, professor who was behind it, and uh, and he took issue with people saying he had revised it. He was saying, listen, this new estimate is based um, in large part on the social distancing practices and the lockdowns that have. Yeah. I mean, I understand why he's revised. I believe this is the second time that he's done that, which is understandable. Like if you have new information, which we do every day, uh, these things have to be revised. So um, I understand where he's coming from, but that is a massive reduction in fatality, which was pretty, pretty reassuring to me earlier. I said linear. I meant to say exponential, by the way. Um, But yeah, he said we went from 500,000 to 20,000. Yeah, I mean, you be the judge. I'm not saying that staying at home doesn't matter at all, but to me, is it the difference? I only know how I'm experiencing in the United States, where I still go to the grocery store, I still run my errands, I still leave the house every day and touch things A, B, and C. There's a you know thing to take out of context for you. But yes, I'm not living my life to a degree that would explain a 90% reduction in forecasted deaths. You, you draw your own yeah, conclusions yeah. on this. Isn't it more than but, that? Uh, 96, 96%. Yeah. Uh, we, we got our math here better than MSNBC at least. Then, and then this Oxford study suggests that maybe this pandemic is actually in a later stage than we realize it's entirely possible that thousands or potentially millions of people are walking around having had this developed immunity. And yeah. we're actually, we're, we're not fully aware of that. And so the, the actual lethality of it or the danger of it is much, much lower than we originally forecasted. Um, this possibly could be the case. Of course, once we develop a test that can identify people who had it and recovered, might get some, might get a clearer picture on this. So I anyway, believe they can test for antibodies, right? That's, it sounds like that's what they're working on. Um, my question about testing, I know that there is a crazy rate of false positives, uh, but it seems like they're testing people after death, uh, irrespective of cause of death, like the obvious hmm. cause of death. And so I'm wondering, like, if we're really in the midst of this testing shortage and the tests really are very inaccurate, why on earth are they testing people that presumably have died from unrelated causes? Cue the X-Files theme. Well, uh, why? To, why to, on to, earth would you waste a test on a dead person if we are in a testing shortage and the test gotta, purportedly can be trusted, which I don't think they can. You got to inflate the numbers. It's all, it's all, it's all propaganda. I don't want to go full tinfoil on this, but like <laughs> I'm, I'm getting pretty close. There are some oddities. Yes, for sure. Uh, anyway, if you listen to Dr. Fauci, you listen to Dr. Burks, it's fair to say the virus is serious enough to stay vigilant and take precautions, but that the doomsday forecasting thus far is not accurate. The question then becomes, why is New York City so much worse off? And what I hear from people who are very concerned is they say things like, oh, New Orleans or Detroit or Chicago are the next New York. And this is just my opinion. Take it with a grain of salt. But I don't necessarily think so. I think New York is going to be a massive outlier, just like Italy was. Now, for, And the reason I say that, it's weird to me, for example, to say that other cities are the next New York when we know that other major cities had coronavirus way before New York did. So keep in mind, the Seattle Metro was the origin of United States coronavirus cases as far as we know. And maybe not the origin of all of them in the country, but the first one that we knew of. And then that was January 21st that we identified the first known coronavirus case in Washington State. And then, of course, shortly thereafter, we had the breakout at the... um, 
at the nursing home in, in suburban Seattle. Then you had the first LA coronavirus case on January 26th. Mm-hmm. That was when the, you had this uh, press release from LA County public health, our first coronavirus case, January 26th. And then all the way on March 1st, a woman in her thirties who traveled to Iran contact with the virus is now isolated at home. First known case of coronavirus in New York state. So for me, it's very odd that if other cities are going to be the next New York, well, why are other major urban centers that have had this for five weeks longer than New York doing significantly better than New York City is? And it's yeah. it's simply a question of population density. It is no... Well, there are other factors. Uh, there's no other city that has uh, a public transit system as widely utilized. Yeah, there's that. By the too. general public, there's that. Um Tucker thinks it was this uh, initial order by um, public health and safety telling people that they should continue their lives. And this was in February that Mm. they should go continue using public transit, things like that. I don't know about that. Maybe that's a factor that they kind of um, didn't do social distancing, which is a euphemism I'm becoming very uncomfortable with. It's really (laughs) Orwellian. I mean, I, I don't have the per capita numbers in front of me, but it's not even per capita that explains those differences either. It's, it's massive. Like, The state of California has 6,000 known cases of coronavirus, a tenth of New York state, and that most of that's in New York City. They have 131 deaths, you know, again, roughly like 10%, a little less or a little more, rather, something like 15% maybe of New York's cases. Of an international hub, there's probably, um, I mean, they have three major airports within the tri-state region. Yeah. I mean, I was I was looking up the population density of New York. This kind of blew my mind. The densest areas of New York City are three times, almost three times, the population density of the densest areas of Los Angeles. Yeah, Los yeah, Angeles all, is really sprawling. All big cities are not, you know, not created the same, obviously. Um, anyway, I just, I really caution against the idea that, oh, all the other big cities are, are going to follow. Like, New York is in a worst-case scenario because of unique New York characteristics. We'll see how this plays out. Um, but interestingly, have you seen these interstate border battles? Oh, yeah. The people that didn't give a shit about, um, like, you know, national boundaries now care about state boundaries. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? Well, I will be very curious to see how a lot of the legal questions that have that are arising out of coronavirus get resolved. Of course, I think you have a lot of questions about constitutionality and restricting people's movement and restricting their association and all of those things. But as as you mentioned, what about enforcing borders within the country? So Trump floated the idea of enforcing a quarantine on New York City on the New York City area, the tri-state area, but he backed off on Saturday for instead a CDC travel advisory discouraging people in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, uh, saying they should refrain from non-essential domestic travel for the next two weeks. We won't get that question answered for now unless Trump changes his mind, but does the president actually have the power to do that? We'll have uh, to... No, I don't think so. We'll have to consider that question later. Um, but prior to that advisory, of course... New Yorkers and others from the area were fleeing New York City in large numbers, leading area states with a new uh, or leaving area states with a new problem to tackle. Rhode Island was enacting specific restrictions on New Yorkers, stopping New York licensed vehicles to force them into self-quarantine for two weeks. 
New York Governor Andrew Cuomo threatened to sue them. So now Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, I don't know how to say her name, but something like that. She said, fine, we're not going to single out New Yorkers anymore. She says, we're just going to do this to everyone who comes in from other states. So in Rhode Island, all incoming traffic from another state will be directed to rest stops where members of the National Guard will uh, will check them. Those who say they're passing through will be allowed on their way. Those who say they intend to stay in Rhode Island will be told about the 14-day quarantine requirement and be required to give contact information to be passed out to the passed on to the state's health department. Rhode Island officials have promised door-to-door checks on those individuals. Uh, this is another legal question to resolve. Is this within a state's police power? Can a state restrict access to U.S. citizens? In this way, I don't think so, but I am sympathetic to their perspective. They're like, well, you assumed sure. the cost of living in a high density area. Um, and we have made the choice to live in a low density area for a variety of reasons. So don't bring your big city problems <laughs> over here. So like, I, I understand why they're doing it. Yeah, um, totally. But, but I, I can't imagine this is enforceable. Uh, I, I, well, maybe, maybe, maybe Laurel can give us a tip or something. A great legal mind can give us a tip. As far as I know, states do not have the authority to set up their own border checkpoints like that. At least I've never heard of, well, no, I shouldn't say that. They do it with agriculture and stuff, right? They do it for like invasive seeds of invasive species and stuff. And there are definitely federal laws about traveling across state lines for, you know. But those are federal. This is a state acting on its own behalf. Yeah, but doesn't doesn't federal law dictate how we behave in this situation? I'm sure it probably has some say about crimes with, you know, interstate jurisdiction or all of that sort of stuff. But I've I've never heard of. Maybe people have a historical example of, of U.S. citizens being restricted in just their travel across state lines in this way. Laurel said that there is very little case law precedent. Um, okay. I know they're also doing this in Hawaii. Oh, OK. Well, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, <laughs> the, the news that's the news that's impacting most of us. And I don't say this to diminish the health reality, but uh, the worst case economic fears are on their way. I, I don't think we've realized the full extent of them, obviously, but it's bad. I mean, last week we were talking about a, an increase in 70,000 unemployment claims. Now, uh, over the course of the, the last week, a record 3.3 million Americans filed for unemployment benefits. Uh, and that is the biggest increase week to week increase since I believe 1982, something like that. It's been a, uh, a, a very it's been a, it's been a record um, jump in unemployment claims. Terrible. Obviously, no, never mind. I got that wrong. That's the biggest jump in history. It's the biggest jump ever. There was something else. There was like a another big one in the in the early eighties. So that means unemployment has risen from a fifty year low of three and a half percent to five and a half percent. About in one week's time, the unemployment rate has not been that high since twenty fifteen. So. We are seeing Americans by the millions being cast out of their jobs in pursuit of safety, in pursuit of health, in pursuit of all the things we're trying to protect. We've, we've been trying to make bets here about, um, we've been trying to assess risk about what's more risky in terms of giving people economic uncertainty versus protecting their health and, and all of that. Well, now economic struggle is an all but guarantee. So 
I, I don't know how this is going to play out. I can't pretend to, but unless this thing is an absolute health disaster, I think we're going to be looking back on how we handled this with a lot of regret or at least a lot of wonder about how we could have handled this in more specific and precise targeted ways than just massive self quarantine and dumping people off of their jobs. Mm, yeah. And how, re- and re- how ready everybody was to just give up their, their liberties and their rights to a, an already bloated and untrustworthy federal government and to trust a media that has spent several decades now lying to us and fucking us over. What are you talking about? They're going to take care of us. The Corona bucks bill has passed. Didn't you see Trump signed it on Friday? Yeah, fine, whatever. It's fine. Uh, your Corona Bucks checks will be in the mail in X amount of weeks time. We'll get to that momentarily. Eventually you'll see some money. Uh, on Friday afternoon, Trump signed a $2 trillion stimulus bill, the largest emergency aid package in us history. This after Nancy Pelosi held up the process, trying to get her pet issues like airline fuel efficiency and corporate board diversity, a whole bunch of other unrelated crap. Uh, Republican Congressman Thomas Massey of Kentucky also attempted to delay the process by requiring House members to come back to Washington for a full roll call vote. He took a lot of flack for that. John Kerry called him an asshole. Um, Trump said he should be booted from the Republican Party. I I don't understand the full specifics of the procedure here, but Massey was denied a sufficient second in support of his request for a roll call vote, so his demand died. And the House approved the package by voice vote. Instead, members did still have to return to Washington in order to establish a quorum and deny Massey's attempt. You know, I know there was a lot of hate for Massey, but God forbid uh, someone consider constitutional implications. God forbid someone take a take a minute to demand either a simple bill or at least maybe we should read through. Yeah. The 800 pages here. I've never seen somebody I, so vilified. <laughs> I get it. People are hurting, man. And I, I, you know, I understand the practical reality here. I just, I, I hate the fact that we can't, even in times of, of emergency, we can't come together to get just a simple concept put forth without all the political bullshit. No, I mean, did it's you really see that there was um, a bunch of money to NPR? There was like yeah. money to, I think there was money to Planned Parenthood. I might be wrong about that. Um, I don't know about that one. At least Seventy it, million but. dollars for some center for the arts and humanities, or something like it's. There just, was the uh, the JFK Performing Center. Yeah, uh, it's like twenty five million for them, but all their all their performers were going to be out of work. Anyway, uh, so what's in this thing? It's a two trillion dollar monstrosity. Uh, $560 billion for individuals. Three hundred billion of that is these one time Corona bucks checks. And uh, for 1200 bucks, assuming you qualify and not everybody qualifies, my understanding is if you may, so if there's a $75,000 threshold, if you were under $75,000 two years, tax, uh, taxable or tax year 2018 or your latest tax filing. I'm not even clear on that. But if you made under $75,000 last couple of years, you're in the clear. If you made seventy-five dollars to $100,000, it tapers off. And then if you made over $100,000, nothing for you which is insane to me because just because you made a hundred grand last year or two years ago i how do i know you're in great financial shape how do i know you didn't have a whole bunch of kids how do i know you didn't put your money into a business that is now struggling yeah that's just bullshit as far as i'm concerned but whatever wait you have to make under 75 both years I forget what the the date they're measuring is. If you filed for 2019, the 2019 tax year already, 
they might measure it on that. Uh, but if you haven't filed, I think they go back to 2018. I'm not exactly sure, so don't quote me. Ugh, on that. that sucks. It's the first year I filed jointly. Oh, well, uh, we'll see if you get a check. Who knows? There's still a ways off. Uh, $500 billion for large corporations, uh, $58 billion of that going specifically to airlines, $377 billion in loans and grants for small businesses, $340 billion for state and local governments. And as I mentioned, this is 800 pages of God knows what else that nobody even has the time to read. Just to give you some perspective on the spending here, in recent years, the entire federal budget has been about $4 trillion. We spent half of that this week. We have a national debt currently of $23.6 trillion. Uh, That is for the history of this country, obviously. We're adding almost 10% of that just this week. Uh, So where is this money coming from? Good question. Either we... Uh, sell the debt to someone? Who the hell is going to buy our debt? One, uh, everyone else is in the same struggle that we're in. And two, are we even good to, to pay for it? Uh, I wouldn't... Who the hell is going to buy the federal government's debt at this point? And if, you can't, do, if you can't do that, you just... You, you saw all the memes this week of the printer going burr or whatever. You just print it, you know? Uh, you just so print apparently it. it's it's 150 if you file jointly. The live chat is telling me now. Oh, so that's that, for a single person. Yeah. Which is uh, 100K is 100K is for individual or 75K is for individual, yeah. and then tail uh, tailing off after that. So um so yeah, if we just uh you know if the if the Fed just makes it happen, uh, obviously that means that inflation screws you over. So the cost of things you buy every day is going to go up. The value of your savings going to go down. Any dollar in your pocket will be devalued by this sort of thing. Um, so do, do you really win in the end? And when are you even going to get the check? Well, Steve Mnuchin was speaking with um, with a reporter today, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin. And he says within three weeks. So that means like three weeks at the earliest. Yeah, <laughs> I would interpret that. If the and that's if the government has your direct deposit information, potentially longer if not. So, for those of you who um, I don't know who you are in this audience, but maybe there's some of you who think that this is wise or sustainable. Let's recap what's going on here. People's incomes have been severed for weeks now. You won't see this money for potentially three more. And it's 1200 bucks for an individual. Let's assume you're a single guy, you know, whatever. If you were a full-time worker, odds are pretty good that you made more than $1,200 in five weeks of labor before. That's a pretty safe bet. And none of this is paid for. It's either printed money that devalues what you have or it's debt we owe to somebody else. But this is supposed to be a rescue package. This is what we're supposed to count on for our safety and security. I feel Uh, super uh, safe and secure. Yeah, great trade-off. I will say it's an excellent time to refinance if you're a homeowner. Hmm. We were able to get our interest rate from 4.5% to 2.75%. Our mortgage went down uh, $600 a month. Wow. Well, silver linings if they're available, but of course, like you know, if you're just if you're if you're a young single guy or a young single lady who, you know, you have a decent job, you're making ends meet, and the rug just gets pulled out from under you. You're kind of in the early stages of your of your life, and you're not necessarily financially set. You're really getting screwed. You're getting yeah. absolutely screwed. And uh, God, I. I don't, that's the thing is, I don't know what we, you, you can't keep band-aiding this. The only way to fix this is to get people to resume productivity. I know that's uncomfortable to talk about. People get mad. Oh, you want my grandma to die and turn the economy back on. Well, I, uh, I want everyone to be okay in the end. 
And I think there are ways that we could pursue both goals without screwing over massive amounts of this country. Um, oh, you know what I forgot? I forgot one section of the debate of this bill, too. That was uh, the hysterics in Congress. Yeah. So remember um, Haley Stevens, who we last saw yelling with her constituents, yelling at her constituents rather oh, about yeah. guns. That's Our right. friend Justin from Phoenix Ammo was there, actually. Yeah. Well, she, when they were debating this bill in the House, she used her time to screech about how people shouldn't be afraid or some. I can't even tell what she's talking about. I request 30 more seconds because I rise before you adorning the these gentleman from Maryland is recognized not for personal attention, not for I, personal attention, but to I, encourage I, you to take gentlemen, this to gentlemen, 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 I'm gentlemen, 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 I'm going to give you more time to the families. Gentle lady will suspend the gentleman from Maryland is recognized. The, the gentle lady is out of order. I yield the gentle lady 30 additional seconds. The gentlewoman is recognized for an additional 30 seconds. Female privilege. Sharing in the profession with those who have not come before you. Similar times of trying medical need. Wars and flus pass. You will see darkness. You will be pushed. And our society needs you to stand together at this time. Our country loves you. To our doctors and our nurses, I wear these ladies. The gentle lady's time has expired. The gentleman from Maryland is is reserved. The gentleman from Texas is recognized. (laughs) The gentleman from Texas is now recognized. The gentle lady from Michigan is out of order. What well, am I going to say? What What am I going to say? Um, you know, if you're in Metro Detroit, you're worried about that becoming the next New York. Uh, don't worry. You're in Haley Stevens' loving oh, hands. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, what am I going to say? How am I going to defend this sort of I'm just uh, saying that, you know, uh, you need to take this up with your ancestors that let us vote. That's when this all started. I know it was a uh, it was a snow ape men who made this happen a long time ago with your acquiescence. Fools. Uh, um, AOC also went on a rant. It looked like a charade performance, but AOC was not happy about this bill either. What did the Senate majority fight for? One of the largest corporate bailouts <sighs> with as few strings as possible in American history shameful the greed of that fight is wrong for crumbs for our families and the option that we have is to either let them suffer with nothing or to allow this greed and billions of dollars which will be leveraged into trillions of dollars to contribute to the largest income inequality gap in our future there should be shame about what was fought for in this bill and the choices that we have to make okay who is letting her talk so much? House rules, I suppose. Ugh. <laughs> I, this, this nonsense about how you can just take care of workers and everything will be fine, too. Well, the economy is a function of people who, the, the workers and the people who own the means of production, unfortunately so, if you're of AOC perspective. But that is an interdependent relationship. That is to say, if we just funnel money to only the workers, so to speak, or only people making under 75 grand, if that's the way you want to characterize it in this bill. How are the jobs going to be there when we eventually turn this thing back on? If we don't sustain the businesses that employ these people, how are they going to go back to work ever? It it kind of baffles me that we have to see this as either take care of all workers or it's not good enough. I don't know. I I don't understand the perspective that she's arguing for, but... 
no, but I, I mean, like, I'm not super jazzed about uh, all of the money to big businesses like Boeing that really shit the bed this year. I thought um, Boeing didn't Boeing opt out. I, I thought, thought the last have. I read that they were considering opting out. Did they actually? Oh, do did, that? I, I don't know what happened there. I saw that. It, I know it's money for the airlines, but I don't know if that means the operators or the manufacturers. I have no idea. This I bill, understand that knows? they sustain uh, a majority of workers, but if we're going to be expected to save for a rainy day, then big businesses need to as well. Oh, I agree. My perspective on a lot of this stuff would let's would be let's be smarter and more targeted in our our shutdown activity. And let's allow this sort of thing. Like the only reason I'm sympathetic to this is because this damage is imposed by government. It's not a bailout in so far as like these businesses did something wrong and, and were reckless. And so now we're bailing them out. Yeah. This is, we made them stop thus damaging them. Now we're looking to correct it. I wish this wasn't the case, but it is something different in my mind to just a, a bailout for corporate irresponsibility. That being said, anyway. Boeing especially has engaged in corporate irresponsibility and now they're getting bailed out. They're just happen to be two separate events. My <laughs> preference would be less government nanny state crap overall. Yeah. I just don't uh, understand why we can't go back to some kind of uh, some some kind of modified situation like small towns where half the town is employed at a certain plant. Uh, why can't they go back to work if they want to assume the risk of coronavirus, get those people back to work as soon as possible? Sure. I, I went to visit my parents this weekend. They live in a small Montana town. And I normally on a Saturday, like a, a Friday night or a Saturday afternoon or evening, it's a small town that's got a lot of just uh, people walking the shops and going to the bars and restaurants. And all. It, it was ghost town, an absolute ghost town. And that's tragic because I know this place is not super wealthy. These are businesses that change all the time under normal conditions because it's not easy to make a living there. Mm -hmm. And now they're being forcibly shuttered for weeks on end. The, people think that this, oh, oh, it's only going to hurt Wall Street and Walmart and Amazon. It's really going to hurt those Main Street bars and restaurants. A lot of them won't come back. Yeah, especially the ones that were already struggling. Yeah. Um, and I, it I, may have improved with the with Trump's economy. I don't want to call it Trump's economy, but it may have improved under the, the subsequent presidency. I am. Um, and I, I remain unconvinced that these government crackdowns have accomplished as much as advertised in disease prevention. And I'm more convinced they're just stupid extra hurdles for people to jump. Um, classifying businesses as essential or non-essential, of course, as we talked about, in my opinion, is nonsense. Every business is essential to that business owner or to his employees or to his customers. Case in point, check out this story out of Oregon where a strip club has modified its business plan to classify as essential and circumvent the governor's orders. My name is Sean Bolden. I'm the owner of Lucky Devil Lounge and now I'm the new owner of Uber Eats PDX. Uh, we are now a uh, food delivery service that uh, provides customers with uh, food with a side of boobs. We had to shut down uh, Monday. I said, uh, well, we're going to try to keep the kitchen open. I just joking around said, we're going to deliver dancers to your door topless, and we're going to call it Boober. These girls got ready, and we came out for you. We are as ready as we get. Just like we're coming into the club. So, yeah, you should tip your Boobers. We're trying really hard. That's degenerate nonsense, but also a very good business idea. 
I admire the capitalistic spirit for sure, but the what I'm wondering is, is all of this necessarily less risky? Like, is that ensuring less disease spread than just the strip club operating as normal and individuals deciding if they want to assume the risk or not? Is this right. really saving the day? Or is this just adding a hurdle that pe a lot of people are just going to jump anyway and it's not going to make that much of a difference? It's, you know, judge, judge for yourself. I just... <laughs> The idea that Boober Eats is essential business, but the strip club lounge is something we can just ban because we feel like it. Okay. Uh, no, I, I mean, okay. I want to talk about something that was said in the live chat by Mr. Obvious. Do you value money or life? And I'm hearing this argument all the time from people. I think it's an emotional argument. Um, when you have a huge economic downturn, downturn, there is always a loss of quality of life and often a loss of life, especially as people lose health insurance, health insurance, healthcare. It is a finite resource, which we're like discovering now. And everybody's so super surprised. Um, I don't understand how, how we can act like those things are mutually exclusive in the situation. If we do things that are going to harm the economy long-term, we are obviously going to experience a reduction in our quality of life and there will be associated fatalities. Clearly massive hardship. Yeah. yeah. Do like, oh, you only care about money. I care about everyone's quality of life. Like all of those business owners and patrons and employees in that small town that I just referenced driving through, all of them are going to be severely negatively impacted. Why? Because we have what, 160 coronavirus cases in the state of Montana and our governor doesn't have the balls to say it's not an emergency here. We'll take precautions, but we're going to carry on. To pretend that we can do what we're doing without negatively impacting life is insane. That's, that's just nonsense. That's I'm sorry, that's nonsense. And there will come a time where irrespective of the spread of the virus, um, that we will have to end the quarantine. Yeah. Uh, you, we're going to have to end this at some point. So we need to look, we need to do a serious cost benefit analysis and see what we're doing economically, what the long-term implications are going to be. If we're going to throw ourselves into another recession or God forbid a depression, which always results in loss of life. And it, it assumes that the massive crackdowns we've done necessarily mean that the virus spread was mitigated, which if New York City is any indicator, it is, is not necessarily the case. Mm -hmm. You have New York City doing similar uh, shelter in place orders to Washington State, California. You have massive spread that has happened regardless. Yeah. The question becomes, is it possible to even reduce this thing or eliminate it in the way that you're describing. Probably not. Right. I mean, I'm and not saying be reckless, but there's a certain reality. There's a certain biological reality to how this thing's going to spread. Uh, plus we don't have a lot of concrete information about this. There's this element of like doctor and expert worship in this country, but I'm hearing so many different things from experts. I feel like I can't trust their opinion. I already know I can't trust any federal government. <laughs> in the world. Um, yeah. And so I don't, or the media. And so it's and, like, I, I'm going to have to make my own decisions and do my own risk analysis at some point. And I think exactly. that all of us are going to have to come to that point. Exactly. And when you ask, do you value life? I value your life and all the natural rights that come along with it. That includes yeah. your own voluntary association. That includes your own right to your labor and to benefit from it. Yeah. That includes everything that goes along with being a free human being. And I can't remember a time in my life that has been more restrictive in this country on what it means to be a free human being. Yeah. Do I value, put it this way. Do I value your life in, in a, in a padded cell? 
Do I value your life so much that I'd put it in a padded cell? No, because that denies the freedom that makes you human. That's and a consideration I know too. The argument would be like this is a temporary measure to um, limit the long-term loss of life. However, uh, we don't know how long we're going to be quarantined. We we don't know. And and by the time we uh, are no longer quarantined, it's possible we've already tanked all of our local economies and maybe the national economy which is built on local businesses so uh so at what cost i mean at what cost are we really doing this i i can make the same argument and people don't like this because it's not the same as infectious disease but we have something like thirty-six thousand traffic deaths in this country every year and i'm not saying we're going to reach more or less than that in coronavirus i don't know but if we had a similar reaction where we just banned all interstate car travel or we just banned people from having the freedom to move their products, to create their products, move their products and sell them because of the, the horror that is, uh, that is car crashes, uh, it, would that be the humane thing to do? Do you value money over life because you haven't banned all car travel? Or are, is, is there just risk calculation and trade-offs to every aspect of of human life and human behavior uh yeah i mean and it's starting to feel like uh it's it's going to become psychological warfare i implore everybody listening to visit computing forever's uh series of like his last seven videos if you can honestly because he's gone through this amazing progression from being like everybody needs to be quarantined to introducing some skepticism. And now I think um, he's just been so reasonable and measured in his last few videos, especially the ones with John Waters and uh, Rock and Mystery have been excellent. There's one uh, with Rock and Mystery called, um, Are We Overreacting? And I, I really hope that everybody watches this video. It's excellent. Go to his channel, Computing Forever. Um, and it, it really made me think about this differently because I'm now seeing, um, I'm not, I don't necessarily believe that this is an inorganic crisis, but I'm seeing people seize, I'm seeing all sorts of federal government seize on this opportunity to, um, to stop all of these uprisings relating to globalism. I mean, can you imagine how happy Macron is about this? He couldn't, he couldn't do anything to get yellow vest protests under control. And what about the Hong Kong protests too? And now um, like in Italy and some of these other countries, they are like, a hair away from people being shot on site. I mean, and we could see that in the next few weeks, in the next few months. Mm. In France, you have to get an app just to to go around, like a permission slip from the government God. and stuff like that. And like, this is where we are. And we were so jazzed to give the government these powers, a government that, that we had been rioting against, certain nations have been rioting against. Um, it's just so incredibly dangerous what we're doing. And I know everybody's afraid of the virus, and maybe we should be, and we should be taking proper precautions and everything like that. But if we're not careful, which we haven't been, we're going to lose so much more than that. It's going to be yeah. so much worse than a loss of life. I know it sounds dramatic, but the phrase is liberty or death. And what that means is that a life that is anything other than free is not worth living. Yeah. And I'm not, we're not at a, I, we're not all locked in cells yet, but yes, I, I have been very worried about the willingness with which we all will surrender our basic rights to state forces to take care of us. And the, the last thing I'll say about this too is I guess my biggest disappointment 
is that everybody thinks it's this obvious, not everybody, people who, people who are very concerned about this think that because things are bad in, say, New York City, that it's got to be this one-size-fits-all national crackdown. Now, if you're in New York City right now, you're living a very different reality f- from what I'm living, and I acknowledge that in full. So my question is, why can't we have maybe some of these measures in New York City where they're probably needed? I'm not, I'm not saying that... that they're not. That some they're of not applied reasonable. on a state-by-state basis. Why, why am I driving through my parents, you know, the, the town where I went to high school, where my parents live, and it's a freaking ghost town. Why is that place going to teeter over the edge of economic disaster? Because 160 people within a 500-mile radius have this thing? And how many people died? We have two in Montana now. One of them got it from travel overseas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that you're definitely right. And, and, and we have chosen not to live in places like New York so that we yeah. can make decisions based on our locality. And, I and be then clear, we're being stripped of that right now. I want to be clear about who I blame. That's my gutless state leadership's fault. That's not some national right. force. That's because my gutless state leadership thinks, oh, well, well, Washington, California, New York did it. So we have to do it to show that we care. Yeah, well, thanks. I'm glad you care, but everyone's going out of business. Appreciate yeah. it. Um, I did want to talk about some white pill stuff. I've taken some notes on my phone. Okay. Um, uh, we we discussed having like a little white pill segment because everything's kind of gotten so dark. So I, I made a list of flugaloo silver linings. <laughs> it's boo um, flu. I like flugaloo better. All right, fine. That's cute. Uh, okay, I put distrust of other cultures. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Community trust naturally causes balkanization. Um, paired with breaking away from local and federal government as society breaks down. I think that we're going to see, I mean, I don't know about you or what your community is like, but I'm seeing people um, just, I've never seen people be so nice and supportive to one another in any community Um, I've ever lived in. Well, my fiance works at a grocery store and there've been some real dicks, but I haven't had any personal negative experience. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hopefully a return of manufacturing. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Uh, people are also beginning to recognize that celebrity culture is stupid. Um, I saw this like Cardi B segment where she's like, I'm eating cereal. I should be eating sushi. And I was just thinking, how did we let this woman get so rich and famous? Like how, as a society, how do, how do we do this? And I think that everybody's seeing all this social media from these celebrities, like they're quarantined from their multi-million dollar mansions. And they're like, I can't eat sushi. And like, in the meantime, like the plant in your small town is shut down. You can't get fucking food stamps. And like, you've got six kids and everybody's like, how, how is this a thing? Um, Similarly, we're seeing that like the oligarchy is, uh, controls way more than we anticipated and that they're totally corrupt because they're disproportionately getting tested asysymptomatically because they're paying out of pocket for it. Uh, it's really pissing people off. Um, I also yeah, that, see that it is interesting. You see all these celebrity cases and you wonder how were those confirmed so quickly and right. easily. Yeah. Mm. Um, I also see the potential for college collapse. Mm. As in, it's just like too risky to go to them in well, addition I mean, to the, to the uh, ideological BS. Uh, they're, they've lost so much money because they had to disperse early this year. Uh, and people are having to move to online programs and everything like that. And pretty soon people are going to realize the utility in that and be like, did I ever really need to be in college in the first place? Yeah. Um, self-reliance prepping. We have to protect ourselves and our neighbors, especially after certain cities are dealing with prisoner releases, um, homeschooling and family time. 
I wrote boomer doomer, but don't go too hard on that blonde. I actually wrote that note in my. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll uh, get to we'll get to the boomers with Doctor Phil in the next segment here. Yeah, really. Um, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah. God given rights versus government given rights will be clarified. Yeah, uh, and I I obviously hope that we come out of this as well as possible, and I want everybody out there who's who's struggling to to get out of this as easily as possible. I don't, I'm not interested in proving a point. I'm interested in the wellness of our country and individuals who are suffering. Uh, I just, I really hope we don't look back at this bargain and think, well, that's what we get for surrendering everything we have to the government so easily. Yeah. And I also implore people to, to not view this so emotionally. Like I know this is a really scary time. I reiterate, I am a pregnant hypochondriac and I am like, I just don't think that this is what it's it's being made out to mm. be. So I, I know everybody's scared for the immunocompromised people in their lives and for the old people in their lives, but like really try to take a, a look at this away from the perspective of fear and and try to make an unemotional decision about your own risk and the risk that you're willing to assume in your life. And don't be irresponsible. I mean, I know we've talked a lot about we've, we have a nuanced approach here about quarantine and everything like that. I'm not telling you to like go lick stuff, which we'll talk about at some point in a moment. Yeah, um, I, I agree. Obviously, I'm trying if I'm trying to remove burden and responsibility from the state. Yeah, my preferred solution would be a more targeted return to work where those who are vulnerable stay at home, stay quarantined. But that also does create a responsibility for people like me who maybe would have to see to it that my parents are taken care of in such a situation, mm -hmm. or maybe my immunocompromised sibling or family member, whoever. Yes, I understand that creates responsibilities for us as families and individuals, and I would much more happily rise to meet those responsibilities than pass it off to big daddy government to take care of it for me. Right, right. Uh, or or trust the media. It's just like, I just can't believe the dissident right and, and how everybody is so eager to give power to the government and to trust the media because they're scared of a virus with a very low mortality rate. Hmm. Well, we got to keep it moving. We're running out of time. Um, but we do have coronavirus. You want to, we probably should take a break, I would think. But after that, we'll get to the coronavirus challenge stuff a little more. If you enjoy some good lighthearted toilet seat licking and poetic justice, I guess, we'll get to that in a moment. Over, uh, We'll start with DLive tonight over on DLive. Um, Let's see. Darth Jones, philosopher, thanks for supporting the show. How'd that get in my butt? The cure is more damaging than the disease, which we've been talking about. Crypto Crook says, uh, my favorite YouTube podcast duo, take my shekels along with the great appreciation for the sanity safe space. Thank you. And he also says, 10th time supporting more to come. Thank you as well. Uh, back, Black Phillips says, 1200 bucks is not enough to cover my back alley trans surgery. <laughs> you, might, you might get canceled. It sounds elective. Yeah. Aleppo moment. With a Gary Johnson avatar. Nice. Batsalmic vinaigrette is my favorite dressing. Also, COVID isn't the only 19 we need to get rid of. Very yeah, wise. I'm with you there. As demonstrated. Mr. Spry Guy says, climate change failed. Time to, time to try. Pandemic panic. And uh, Darth Jones says, for the prepping fund. Well, thank you guys. Appreciate you hanging out over on DLive. We have C2K. As there's been no school for over a week, I've let my little one stay up to watch her idol blonde. Ooh. So this should be interesting. Matt, I I know you don't approve, but at least she learns reality from decent people this way. <laughs> I um, have to disavow children viewing the show, yeah. I'm sorry for any level of casual racism I have instilled in her. <laughs> but it's your call as a parent, you know? That is true. Uh, Eric yeah. Ray. 
Joe Biden isn't as funny without Jeff Dunham's head up or hand up his rear end. That's way less disgusting. Sorry. Okay. Um, Liz Towell says, take my boomer geld. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, Liz. I'm sorry what, about what I said. Uh, Leaf Sandiger here for missing twin season, the twin season. Yeah, baseball would be running right now. That's a shame, too. Another silver lining. Look at that. There's no sports. So, yeah, There's I can't no believe sports, you, yeah. literally none. Not just no baseball. There's no sports of any kind. It's like utopia here. I have to stay yeah. inside and there are no sports. Fantastic. Something kind of other. Over two years of watching you guys, and this is my first time getting to do it live. So here are my shekels. Keep it up. Thank you so much. Oh, we're well, gonna, thanks for tuning in. We're going to run this into the ground, don't you know? <laughs> uh, UConn yes. Don, happy 200th. Congratulations. And well, thank thanks. you. Thank you. Uh, C2K, my name is Abby, 13, UK. Blonde, I think you're the most amazing woman alive. Congrats on your baby. Excited to hear the name. Also, thank you to my dad for letting me watch you both, I guess. Hashtag watch, baby. <laughs> I'm glad to hear parental approval. That makes me happy. I don't know. 13's not that young. I had some friends at 13 that were doing some really bad stuff. That's true. Uh, no, nothing specific. Uh, Pisaw says, I got distracted playing guitar earlier and almost forgot to go to the YouTube. To the YouTubes. The Thank YouTube. you. Yeah, as Bernie says. To catch my favorite political podcast, keep up the great work, guys. And you know the thing. Thank you so much. Uh, Fat Hooligan, a friend ranted this week. I'm not afraid of the coronavirus. I'm afraid of the 150 million idiots who voted for Trump. <laughs> I wondered, have we developed a cure for TDS yet? I don't know, but maybe it's going to be a mandatory government vaccine at some point. Um <sighs> I'm not actually an anti-vaxxer, but at this point in time, if they were like, you will take this vaccine or you will get the virus, I, I'd take the virus. A lot of those principles do overlap. Interesting to consider, but you know, I'm not interested in having that fight right now. Uh, Zach Coggins, glad you liked the ad. It's referring to the Imperial Guard from Warhammer 40K, a rather base sci-fi ah, franchise. Yeah. Gotcha. It's funny you mentioned the weak chin blonde. My pops commented on the same thing. It's only because I feel like I have to defend Matt because he doesn't actually have a weak chin. And I'm always it's talking right. about men with low T and their weak chins, and I want to <laughs> smash their weak chinned faces. I just got defensive. That's all. You've wanted to smack my face a few times over the years. It's fine. Nah, never really, though. Uh, Shauna Thornton, I love the name choice blonde. Anne of Green Gables is based as fuck. <laughs> and I love old Anglo names. Also, for those with downtime, it's a really good time to catch up in on your genealogy, which I also have been doing. Um, yes. So if you're into it. Watch Anne of Green Gables, but it's the mini series with Megan follows. Only watch that one. Don't mm. watch any of the other ones. It's excellent. It's so good. All um, right. Why don't we grab a couple? Let's, uh, let's return to super chat. I'll grab a couple off Streamlabs, and we'll, okay. we're, we've already gotten, we're already behind. I got so much show left, you know? Yeah. Uh, Sergeant, oh, sorry, Philip uh, says, I've been supporting Beauty and the Beta since the late 80s. In college, we'd all smoke pot, listen to Tupac, and send snarky super chats. <laughs> Kamala Harris vetted and approved. Verified. Sergeant Snowwave says, Every ape must strive for glory so that the kids will tell his story. Snow Ape Uprising 2020. Uh, that was very poetic. Thank you. Cameron says, Hey, Blonde, how can I convince my wife to move to southern Idaho? She grew up in northern Idaho but has no desire to be down south. Hope both of you aren't going crazy with all the lockdown going on. Uh, I don't know because I live up north. My whole story about living in Bozy was just a farce. Boise. Boise. What did Bozy. I say? Bozy. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's how I you live. know I don't actually live there. I thought <laughs> that if I like I lied to people about where I was moving, that I wouldn't get doxxed, and then I did, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> ah. 
I don't know anything about Southern Idaho. I've never even been there. Hmm. Um, good luck, Cameron. <laughs> Fauci's micro, not micro penis, micro pen 15. Do you ever join the pen 15 <laughs> club? Yeah. I refuse to say social distancing anymore. It's creepy Orwellian newspeak. And I, and implies you should not communicate or interact with people at all. When we need to build local communities the most from now on, I'll call it what it is. Physical distancing. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Richard E. Normus says Trudeau tried to give himself dictatorial powers until 2022 while passing a stimulus bill. It got barely blocked. Uh, your country is not the only one with a shite government. I heard a little bit about this and just didn't have time to look into it this week, but I, yes, I'm, I'm shocked to hear that there are power grabs up North too. I can't believe how many power thirsty people are using the coronavirus as an excuse to scoop up all the authority to protect you from yourself and your neighbors. Very convenient that. Uh, one more for now. Candy Max says, guys, I'm the respiratory therapist. The vent split is bullshit. They did it for Vegas shooting, but that was just uh, GSWs and they need to breathe uh, gunshot wounds that needed to breathe. This is advanced or ARDS, something respiratory. I don't know all your acronyms. I'm sorry. Everyone will need specific volumes and POS end pressure and O2 requirements. Not going to work. Yeah. I don't know how the technology works. Uh, I'm just, I'm pointing out that a lot of this was approved by Cuomo for the specific purpose of managing future needs as opposed to like emergency response right now. Yeah. So I can't tell you about ventilator technology for sure. I don't know. I can't. Oh, Candy Mac has a few more. I'll just finish off what she says. Um, Pissed at people from New York, New Jersey coming to Florida. What assholes? New Orleans is a disaster begging for uh, RTs. Oh, uh, nurses, right? Uh, I I don't don't know all the medical acronyms. RTs? RNs? It says RTs. Isn't that some sort of nurse personnel or medical personnel? When I see RT, I just think retweet. Yeah, exactly. Paying paying around... $700 $700 a shift RT in Georgia. She feels like she walks into a nightmare. Every shift patients just coming and coming Florida starting. I'm in Southwest Florida. It's starting for uh, COVID patients on ventilators. Rules change every day. Respiratory therapist. Sorry. Oh, there we go. Okay. That I should have connected the dots. Big wigs come in the AM and uh, in the morning and basically told us our peak according to algorithms will be April 29th. This is a fucking bioweapon, not flu. Uh, if I hear flu stats one more time, well, we'll have to see. I mean, if, if it's forecasted peak April 29th, that's still a month off. Yeah. Not that I'm, I'm not casting doubt, but, um, I guess if the, if the peak is forecasted that far off, that strikes me as a long time, but maybe my perspective is wrong on this. I don't know. Anyway, uh, we'll come back to uh, Streamlabs. Thanks for your patience, guys. And uh, I want to move into the coronavirus challenge stories or just the various coronavirus stunts that are happening. We'll lighten things up with the um, the Darwin Awards, I, I guess. Um, obviously, as we've been discussing, we're very concerned with the power grabs and the crackdowns on freedom and liberty and, and all of this as a result of the virus. Uh, I don't want the American way of life to die as a casualty in this... Um, in this, in this story that said uh, some of these people I think are taking their freedoms to um, potentially a foolish extent or even a criminal extent. Some of these people, there were several viral coronavirus stunts this week. Probably most famously was this deodorant licking guy. This was a man in Warrenton, Missouri who posted a video of himself licking several items, including a, including the deodorant at Walmart. And he's asking who's afraid of the coronavirus. Who's scared of coronavirus? Don't touch your mouth. 
Okay, his name is uh, Cody Fister. P-F-I-S-T-E-R. Cody Fister. Mm-hmm. Appropriately named, is. perhaps. According to your favorite publication, the Riverfront Times, ah! he, was, he was arrested and charged with a terrorism threat, a low-grade terrorism threat by Warren County prosecutors. Now, contrary to the angry emailers who don't understand jokes, no, I don't, in fact, support licking of other people's property. And yes, uh, I do think that this particular thing should be a crime. I don't know about a terrorism charge. I don't know the particularities of this. But What's I don't a think crime you, for just being a, a monster douche. So, I don't think you have a right a to lick someone else's property. I think we can agree on that. There was another guy who went to a Walmart and live streamed on Facebook. He, he's a, a North Carolina man named Justin Rhodes, and he was arrested and charged with disorderly conduct after he streamed live from a from a local Walmart, saying he had been diagnosed with coronavirus and he's disobeying quarantine orders. Definitely tested positive for coronavirus. Definitely was asked to self-quarantine for 14 days. I'm asymptomatic. They say it's highly contagious and not even in public. Obviously, I'm in Walmart because I got to eat too. So y'all just got to deal with it. If I got it, y'all going to get it too. Fuck all y'all. That's how I feel about it. What a cock. <laughs> well, he might even be a bigger cock. You decide because it turns out that was a hoax. He is not, in fact, positive, but he has been charged with a felony count of perpetrating a hoax in a public building and disorderly conduct. Now, this is kind of interesting because this is sort of an elevation of what we saw last week or an escalation of what we saw last week with the guy falsely posting on Facebook that he was coronavirus positive and getting charged. Now, real quick, let's say this was real and he was, in fact, coronavirus positive and he was disobeying quarantine orders. Uh, I, I do think that should be prosecutable if you're knowingly positive for an infectious disease and willingly putting others at risk. I think that's different than not knowingly or just being a person going about your business. Yeah. Now, but as a hoax, let's say that let's consider this as it is as, as a hoax. As I said last week, we discussed this case where somebody just posted on Facebook. I have coronavirus lull or whatever. It was just text. that's right. It was just, they didn't go anywhere. We defended that guy. Because it wasn't still, a real public. And then we said that if he would have gone into public, we would feel differently. So I'm with you there. But we all need to acknowledge what the real crime here is, which is the neck tattoo. <laughs> Death that by guy. firing squad because of the neck tattoo. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so what would be the difference here for me? Yeah, as you mentioned, um, if you just post on Facebook, I have coronavirus lol, and it's false. That's not an imminent threat to me. This, this, is, this is a guy... Wa- Saying, I mean, it'd be the same thing if he's, or maybe not the same thing, but similar, like walking around Walmart with a gun and saying, I think I might shoot some people or something like that. Even if you never actually have the intent to do it, what you are doing is creating a situation of imminent risk for people in a public place who are within your immediate physical presence. Right, right. So for me, this is much different than just making a false claim that has no imminent component to it. He should be treated like that guy that came or uh, that was walking around the uh, Walmart with an AR and all of the gear immediately after the Walmart shooting. Someone should have held him up. Somebody should have taken him down. Basically. That guy was charged with terrorism. He got a terrorism charge. This guy's not getting a terrorism charge. No, we disagreed with the terrorism charge though. Yeah. At the time. And everybody was like, Ooh, it was just a two way audit. Where are your, don't you care about the second amendment rights blah blah i mean it's like 
you you don't we don't want to create a society where we're breaking down social cohesion and that's what this kind of shit does um in terms of punishment like is this terrorism no but this guy's I, a real douche can't we do something distin- about that the distinction i would draw between these cases too is this guy is is creating an well, i guess what i would say this i don't agree that carrying a gun is an imminent public threat in the same way he's describing that i have an infectious disease and I'm just go, going around spreading. It was the contacts because it was immediately following a mass shooting at a Walmart. But in his defense, he never raised the weapon. He was walking he never... around with a huge gun in body armor oh, it's dumb. in a Walmart. I think it's idiotic, but I want to be careful about what I would want to criminalize. That's all. Yeah, I don't think he should have gotten a terrorism charge. But like, shouldn't there be some criminal implications for making people freak the fuck out like this? I, I don't know that you can control the degree to which people freak the fuck out or not. All I can say is I, I, all I think you can control is credible threats or imminent threats. And I'm not convinced that simply having a firearm is an imminent threat. If you were in that Walmart, like two or three days after a mass shooting and I would at Walmart, get away from him. I would get away. I would dive yeah. under something. People were freaking out. Somebody pulled a fire alarm. People were screaming and running I know, away. But, People but clearly I guess, thought that. that but I guess that what I'm were... saying is that reasoning could could be uh, the same reasoning you use to ban open carry. Period. That's crazy. There was context that was very important to that situation but and this situation. I, I agree. As well. That's true. I just wonder how you legislate that. That's all. How do you? Put I don't that think into it was law? terrorism. I mean, yeah. I don't know what they could what they could charge him with, but. So this guy's being charged with terrorism is what you're telling me. No, he's being charged. The first guy, the deodorant liquor is getting a terrorism charge. I guess this guy's getting a disorderly conduct and a perpetrating a hoax in a public building charge. I'm fine with that. Yeah. The anyway. first guy is getting terrorism though. Yes. And the he deodorant, did not have coronavirus. The deodorant, as far as we know, the deodorant liquor does not have coronavirus, but he's getting on some kind of low grade terrorism charge. Now, this is a hell of a before and after here. On the left, you have social media influencer, whatever that is, Lars, I guess is this kid's name, licking a toilet seat. And then on the right, there he is in a hospital bed claiming to be positive for coronavirus. But this is um, this is Lars in Beverly Hills, California. On Friday the 20th, he posted this video of himself taking the coronavirus challenge, which we'll get to in the, in a moment, licking the rim of a toilet bowl in a public restroom. Very fancifully. Nope. I, nope. And very sensually. <laughs> I guarantee that's not how he got coronavirus. It was from one of his gay orgies. Whatever it was, if that's true, I mean that strikes me as poetic justice. I, you know, I don't, I don't care about the criminal implications of all this stuff as much as I just care about, you know, like the Joker said, you get what you fucking deserve, man. That is Getting, the second time I've on. seen somebody on social media licking a toilet in the last few months. Well, there's one more to come because uh, uh, this, this is, is this will be the third time. So this trend was started by someone called Ava Louise, the originator of the coronavirus challenge, Instagram model Ava Louise, who made a TikTok video on March 14th of her licking an airplane toilet seat, calling it the coronavirus challenge. This is the original video. It's corona time. Great song, too. Hey, it's corona time right now. So she completed the challenge. Good for her. She, she went on Dr. Phil's show on Thursday, and they were debating the coronavirus and the ethics of coronavirus and how we should handle this. 
she says she'd cough on Dr. Phil, and she says that he's a selfish boomer who's probably part of the Illuminati, and that uh, she just overall doesn't buy the coronavirus narrative. Do you have any concern about the fact that if you just get outside and enjoy life and perpetuate the spread of this virus, that you put more older people at risk? Does that concern you at all? No. Um, honestly, (laughs) just from based on off of what I'm hearing here in this conversation, I wouldn't be surprised if you're part of the Illuminati or whatever government officials are pushing this virus. Um, because like you're wealthy, obviously well-known. I just don't think that this is as concerning as possibly as it could be because I don't have coronavirus. I don't have any symptoms. No one I know has symptoms. And I was with thousands of people down in spring break. I'm hearing you talk and you're like, oh, you're gonna kill somebody? Like, you know what, like I'll pull up and I'll cough on you. Like, I'm just tired of it. This is ridiculous. What's ridiculous is your spoiled and entitled attitude. You're the boomer, you're the spoiled one. Well, you're not taking this seriously, you're giving us no reason to take it seriously. And it's like, I'm looking at this and I'm like, this is just a bunch of older people pushing concern on something and limiting us and like limiting our freedom over something that scares them right before an election of a controversial president. I'm just not buying it. I mean, her mouth looks like a baboon's ass, but some of the stuff she said was true. Why do young women do this? Why do they have to just inject their lips full of nonsense? I, I don't, I don't know. It. It's like they, they want their mouths to look like a sideways vagina so that She's... every time somebody looks at their face, they're like, oh yeah, vagina. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't endorse intentionally coughing on people or licking toilet seats, but um, she made some there, good points. Th- there, there's a few sprinkled in, I guess. I mean, Dr. Phil sucks um, and he's <laughs> he's a despair peddler and he puts people's personal problems on TV so that he can get super duper rich. Uh, he's just seems like generally he's kind of an asshole. And then he is a selfish boomer. Uh, but she's a vacuous twat, so I don't know how, where I stand on this one. I just, I'm putting up the lawn chair and enjoying the show. That's all. And, uh, yeah, don't, again, I disavow licking other people's property or just anything that's public. Let's not. And should I let's... tell you guys not to lick toilets? Like, don't, <laughs> don't do that. We can, we can stand up for liberty and freedom and all in the American way without, uh, without going full Ava Louise, I suppose. But um, but she is not. Maybe licking toilets is the only way. God, which team do I have to pick then? Don't make me pick a team. I'm not going to do that. I'm also not going to do that. All right. I mean, Uh, before we move on, she also there's no way anybody contracted coronavirus from that. From the toilet seat licking? No, from her licking the toilet seat. Well, she's not positive, right? She probably hasn't even been tested. Yeah. We just don't know. I, I don't know what to say, but I, I don't know what to say about this. I, well, She's the one okay, that incurred let's, the most Let's risk. put it this way, though. If, if you could, in the same way, if you could tie the transmission of coronavirus to deodorant liquor guy or uh, toilet seat liquor girl, Ava Louise, yeah. I, I would consider that intentional transmission. Yeah. So okay. I, I wouldn't defend that either. But just to be clear, I have to be clear about the licking of things because in one of my videos from a week or two ago, I was I was saying, listen, I'll lick every doorknob before I'll let you have my liberty. And what I mean by that is there are worse fates than death. Did you get roasted for that? Well, there's people who think I'm dead. Like I'm advocating you 
going out and licking doorknobs. I'm not, what I'm saying is that if you can't live life freely, then what's the point of living? What are we doing? That's the, the point we were discussing earlier. But no, it's I do temporary. not. It's for your own good. Quarantine and, is essential in perpetuity. Lick, lick your own doorknobs all you want. I don't care. That's your own property. I'll be clear on that. <laughs> don't lick other people's property or public property. Oh, man. You know what I hate you for right now? Your weak chin face. I do want to <laughs> smash your face. You know why? Because now I've got to listen to this Joe Biden clip twice because you had to put it in the intro and it's so painful for me it's super awkward um okay so joe biden is still running for president in case you guys hadn't heard and what, he is, what is still this presidential election you speak of i've totally forgotten about what's happening outside of coronavirus is still the all but guaranteed democratic nominee unless there are Incredible. some serious surprise shenanigans which other people are forecasting i you know i leave the door open could happen but um, his broadcasts from his basement quarantine make it apparent that his mental state is certainly not improving. I'm not a doctor, but this is some of the most mentally absent stuff I've seen so far. His appearance on MSNBC with Nicole Wallace this week is disjointed. It is awkward. It is um, it's nonsensical. And uh, and then later on The View, Joe was asked if he agrees with Trump that we can't make the coronavirus cure worse than the disease. Here are Joe Biden's responses. To, to be fair, this first one, we, I think like 10% of it is attributed to a delay. I do want to say that. Is it? I don't know. I just feel so bad for him, man. I feel well, so it, bad. It's not just the delay. Some of it is what he's saying. Like he describes something a certain way and then goes, oh, that's dumb. I shouldn't have said that. But 10% is what I said. Okay. All right. You, you, you be the judge. We should be making those masks. We should be moving on those ventilators. We can do that. Why doesn't mm -hmm. he just act like a president? That's a stupid way to say it. You know, guess, Donald Trump really was asked. No, 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 don't. Sorry. Don't, don't make me watch Go it. ahead. No, no, I probably best I. Okay, but see, that can't be delayed because she says, go ahead. No, no, probably best I don't within like a just second. Just let me make excuses for this old <laughs> man with dementia, okay? Right. No, no, I probably Listen best to the I don't. Delay here. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I probably best I don't. And now he's being mm -hmm. soft on his xenophobia in the past. So I just, I just can't figure the guy. It's like, it's, I don't know. It's like watching a yo-yo. I shouldn't have said it that way. It's like watching it that way. I want to ask. I want. <laughs> now watch his face here. This needs to be a gift. This Joe Biden reaction. It's okay. <laughs> Are you oh at all God. concerned, as Trump said, that we cannot let the cure be worse than the problem itself? We have to take care of the cure. That will make the problem worse no matter what. No matter what. We know what has to be done. Oh, God. Ugh, okay. going to push me into early labor. <laughs> well, Go to the uh, hospital and be like, it was the Joe Biden cringe. That's what did it. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Biden's on internet numbers are, um, are just as sad as his in-person numbers. Um, in addition to his shadow coronavirus briefings, where he says what he would do versus what Trump is doing. Joe Biden held a virtual happy hour on, I guess, Wednesday night, uh, 2,800 simultaneous viewers tuned in. That's not a great number for the, uh, the nominee of a major party for president, but also consider the fact that a huge portion of the people 
watching were not in fact Biden people. They were just there to troll. This stream had twice as many downvotes as upvotes and reportedly the campaign disabled the, the comments in the chat at Joe Biden happy hour. So um, despite all the memories of the no malarkey tour, the online world may in fact be tougher for old Joe, making it even tougher for him. Still, he got me tooed this week. Uh, yeah. What are the nature? What's the nature of the accusations against him? So this chick, Tara Reid, she was a former staffer in Joe Biden's Senate office. Um, she said in the 90s that he cornered her and finger banged her and then was like, what's wrong? Don't you like me? So it's it is like a classic. He said she said um, she didn't start to trying to trying to peddle the story until a few months ago. Uh, there's no corroboration, although in, the, in this, the Hill um, video, I think that we actually have, do you have the article, the Hill article? I just, I just have, um, all I have is the commentary from Tara Reid, like oh, her description. Fine. Yeah. Um, but, but if you guys want to watch this, uh, they're like, there's no corroboration, but we could confirm that she was working as a staffer during that time. It's like, that's not. I had heard that she told people at the time. Is that true? Did she ever even I've tell I've heard that anyone? too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that this didn't happen, uh, but like all stories that come out about current political candidates, it's like we should probably give them equal credibility. Um, and she did try to get her story out in other ways. She went to Elizabeth Warren's office and Kamala Harris's as well. Mm. No luck there. She got a standard form letter from Warren, nothing back from Kamala Harris. Um, and then remarkably, she was rejected by Time's Up Legal Fund who said that taking up a claim would threaten their nonprofit status because he's a candidate. Isn't that like the, the me too. That's, that's how they yeah. seek legal action. That's the dedicated me too fund. Yes. And Joe Biden's campaign manager is deeply involved in this. legal. Oh, fund. Well, well, there you go. <laughs> uh, here's what Tara Reed had to say in her own words about what allegedly happened in the nineties. We were in a semi-private place. It wasn't private. He was that first talking to someone they went away and then he said here and then when i gave him the gym bag it happened all in one motion almost and he had me um against the wall and then his hands were down my skirt and up my skirt and i was wearing um i wasn't wearing face or anything and um he then with his hands uh you know um went from there and uh, entered me with his hand and as he was trying to kiss me and saying things to me. Okay. Uh, I, just I don't take know. This... I mean, I find it hard to believe that you would do this to a woman that you didn't think was sexually interested in you or that hadn't give you, given you any kind of... I mean, going from zero to finger bang is like... And for a staff member too? Someone who's working under your authority? Yeah, I mean... On the one hand, I feel like we should maybe give this more credibility than it deserves because he has been behind this Believe All Women um, you know, movement. But yeah. then we probably need to be principled. And since there's no corroboration, she didn't come forward in any significant way in the 90s. Um, you know. Yeah, I don't I don't see anything more here that would lead me to believe this any more than, say, Christine Blasey Ford or any of those other people, at least as I understand the evidence or lack thereof at this point. If that changes, I'll change my opinion. But I do support public pressure on Joe Biden 
as to whether he sticks by the words he was offering just a year and a half ago with the Kavanaugh hearings, uh, during which he said that women's allegations should be presumed true. The exact quote uh, Biden said was for a woman to come forward in the glaring lights of focus nationally, you've got to start off with the presumption that at least the essence of what she's talking about is real, whether or not she forgets facts, whether or not it's been made worse or better over time, but nobody fails to understand this or to understand that this is like jumping into a cauldron. So we'll, that quote is aged even worse than he has. <laughs> so will uh, will Joe Biden stick with this reasoning? A better question yet is will any media out there actually hold him to the standard that we've held other accused politicians and public figures? I doubt it. Uh, I mean, Christine, what about Julie Swetnick? She was yeah. on primetime media for like two weeks and yeah. her allegation was just like nothing compared to that. I remember her allegation was if Brett Kavanaugh did this to me, he should be, uh, he should, he should face justice. Yeah. If he did this to me, that's what she said. I mean, this lady's at least not saying that she's saying it definitely happened. I just can't prove it. Anyway, I mean, if the media were fair. They'd be giving her nonstop coverage. And I barely heard a peep about this in mainstream media. Whether it's his constant gaffes or his getting me too. It's tempting to think that, um, you know, that Joe Biden is, is his campaign is dead in addition to his actual person being dead. But, um, but that may not be the case. Uh, Alex Wagner over at the Atlantic wrote a piece this week that sounds absurd, but we'll get to it in a moment. It may not be. The headline is stay alive. Joe Biden subheadline. Democrats need little from the front runner beyond his corporeal presence. We just need his physically living body to <laughs> shovel up there. And that's it. She talks about her experience speaking with Democratic activists and voters. She says, almost no one I came across said they were going to vote because someone, anyone, especially Joe Biden, had made their heart sing. Even Sanders supporters, the ones in the flesh, not online, were clear-eyed about their desire to defeat Trump first and foremost, ending the Trump presidency because of the lies, the cruelty, the indignities, the misogyny, the incompetence, blah, blah, blah. That was something that united men and women across the country or across the United States and left them in a state of anguish. So TDS motivates these people. Last lines in the uh, article, Biden was never really convincing anyone on the stump. His political power at, at this point is an idea held collectively about how to defeat Trump. The work is now to keep the, that idea convincing enough for long enough among as many people as possible for the corporeal man to actually win. <laughs> So again, that sounds silly. Like all we TDS runs so deep that all we need is like a plausible body to put up against Trump and we have a shot. Well, there's a new, it sounds silly, but there's a new poll out this week that from Fox news, Trump is, uh, Biden is leading Trump by nine points nationally, 49% to 40%. Come on. Yes. No way. That poll is, it's one poll. It's a bit of an outlier. Um, They actually, a poll a month ago from the same source had Biden plus eight. So it's not even unusual with that poll really. But you go to the real clear politics polls that are starting to come out as Biden has been the more um, obvious front runner and the presumptive nominee in the last few weeks. You know, uh, ne- always take a single poll with a grain of salt. Aggregated polls, I think you can trust a little bit more. Aggregation over the last few weeks since since March 11th from Real Clear Politics is Biden plus 5.8. Now, 
Of course, there's a long way to go. Of course, national polls don't matter. State polls do. But fact of the matter remains that Biden is shockingly competitive. It's not if Alex Wagner is right, it's not Biden that's motivating the vote. It's pure TDS. And Trump running against pure TDS is an interesting matchup, regardless of who it is, you know? Nobody, there are no independent voters at this, at this point in time. There are people that have already d- decided to abstain. There are Republicans and there are Democrats. Probably, yeah. Who, who is going to be swayed at this point in time by Trump I think- or Biden? Well, the poll, the, the poll from Fox News, I believe, had something like 10% undecided, which I didn't have time to look into, but I'm curious. At this point in the presidential race, what is that 10%? How does that compare? Is that There a are big... not 10% undecided. There are 10% of people that are lying to pollsters. Could be. I, I just wonder. I wonder, assuming that's accurate, is that a big number of undecided people? Is that a small number of undecided people? I don't know how that compares historically, but I'd be curious to know. Mm. I'm seeing a lot in the live chat that that this uh, accuser is relatively credible. I I haven't uh, looked into it with a lot of uh, looked into a lot of the details. I mean, now is I'm there, worried that there's something that I don't know. Is there evidence that we missed? I'm not aware of. Uh, there's a lot of people saying that it rings true. Well, I, you know, I, I consider that to be a subjective judgment. I can't I can't say that if something rings true to me, I'm willing to assign guilt to a person. And I also saw some legitimate comments about having pity for Joe Biden because he does, you know, he's an open borders shithead. But there's just something about watching a man's mental status deteriorate that irrespective of like what kind of person he was in his life just makes me sad. Like I'm I'm just yeah. sad to watch to watch this happen to anybody. I don't totally lack compassion. <laughs> Not yet, I don't like him as a man, but like I still can't fi- I can't find myself able to rejoice in his mental demise it's like this is depressed does this depress anybody else like these cringe moments like i can't Kinda. enjoy them i wish he would go home and enjoy his final years yeah yeah but, uh, so but why isn't he, his wife stopping this here's a pick me up it's hoax hate time ah. and now the nobody saw it happen but it's totally a product of trump's america hoax hate crime of the week shit it's backwards you think they'll notice an asian couple in woodbury minnesota says someone posted a racist anti-chinese note on their door this week couldn't believe it it's a little overwhelming when elvin moore returned home wednesday he noticed a piece of paper stuck to his front i don't think they are but the note on their door is anti-chinese i don't know what Asian ethnicity they are. Let, you know, since we had some Asians in the live chat doing their Asian rankings, can somebody <laughs> tell me what kind of Asian this guy is? Because to me, he just looks Mexican. I don't think, he, yeah, I don't think he's Chinese, but uh, anyway. Their last name was Yang, though, or is Yang, and that's Chinese, is it not? Yes. Maybe they are, I don't know. Doran Woodbury. I thought it might have been like a notice sign as I got closer to it and actually read the note itself. His is um, Mua, but hers yeah, is Yang. He's Samoan. This is the note yeah. that was plastered on his front door. We're watching you, it says, followed by a racial slur and take the Chinese virus back to China. Alvin's emotions were racing. Anger, uh, frustration, um, a lot of anger. It kind of 
I guess makes me sad. I don't know, because I would like to feel welcomed here. She's Chinese. After alerting their landlord, he called the Woodbury police. The department tells us there are no leads, though detectives are working on it, adding, this sort of behavior has no place in our community. We're saddened that a person would be so cruel as to racially blame a neighbor for COVID-19. That sentiment was echoed online. Venetia Yang's post drawing hundreds of supportive comments. It's hard. Um, you know, it just makes it a little harder to be Asian American. Hopefully this behavior ends. Though it's painful, Alvin and Venetia think it's important for us all to know about the hurtful things that are happening close to home. Please don't be afraid to share your story. I mean, we need to spread the awareness because obviously there are people out there who care. In Woodbury, Aaron Hassanzada, WCCO 4 News. The mayor of Woodbury apologized to the couple on behalf of the city. The mayor encouraged victims or anyone else aware of these incidents to call 911. 911. Because someone, if you're wondering what happened, she was called a, um, if you're wondering what the slur was. It looked really long. It looked too long to be. Do chink. you have any guesses? I know what it is. I can bring it up here. Is it fucking chink? <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Congratulations. <laughs> wow, you <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> All right. In fairness, <laughs> no GoFundMe that I can see. But uh, but how do I know this is bullshit? Well, you got to go to Venetia Yang's post advertising this. The news piece there referenced it a little bit, but did not take a super critical look at some of this. So the the last line of her Facebook post here is, <laughs> also, we have cameras installed. However, they were on motion detected setting and for some reason did not arm themselves at the time of the incident. Oh, it's very convenient. I can't believe it. Mm, they... Why would she volunteer that information, though? And then in the, this middle paragraph, describing what happened, Elvin came home, her husband, or her whatever, whatever the relationship is, the man, came home from work around noon. He found the note taped to our front door, took a picture of it, immediately sent it to our landlord and a few of his friends, which explains why the other photo and uh, posts are going around. When he came inside, he showed me the note then I took it upon myself to take my own photo and post it onto my Facebook after he had crumbled it up, intending to throw it away. So I've this to me reads as though she has thought of all the accusations that are going to come against her and created a plausible story to explain them. Like, Why would you volunteer the camera information without people challenging yeah. you on that necessarily? Why would you... Why... If, okay, so... Here, here's the thing that's weird. According to her story, husband guy or out, whatever his relationship is, he comes home, he finds the note, he takes a picture and he sends it to a bunch of his friends and the landlord, but he doesn't tell his wife. He just crumples it up and says, this is bullshit. I don't need to care about this. Then his wife comes home and they talk about it and he uncrumples it and shows. Wouldn't the wife be like the first person you would tell? Yeah. And it seems to me like cynically, it seems to me you would crumple up the thing the crumble up the paper so that you could take a picture of it later and do exactly this. Oh, we didn't want to tell anybody. We actually threw it away first, but then we right. realized it gives how you big some of kind a of deal plausible this is. Yeah. We've never seen this sort of behavior, but, it, and in fairness, she does say this post, I guess was edited. So maybe the, I don't know what the original post was, but it just seems to me, it seems to me to be immediately deflecting and defensive for something that is supposedly authentic. Yeah. Like you have a story for every possible way that this could be this could be critiqued. Once or again, they were like, "We're doing 
we're doing something good for Asian Americans because we're bringing to light other racism that exists, but not this racism because this is fake, but you know, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it, it just, it, it reads like design deflection to me. So again, you know, if you're worried about coronavirus, uh, if, if all the things that are urgent right now, whether it's the medical reality, whether it's economic circumstances, we have notes that say effing chinks on doors. And that's a, not only was that a use of police resources, but the news advises you to call 911. That a piece of paper that, by the way, says nothing imminently threatening on it. It's just like, I don't like you. You're a racial slur. Yeah, that is a nine one one emergency. Type notes are usually um, also an indication. They're like ransom notes, you know. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Should be handwritten. And, well, that, but then, but you always got to beware the hoax hate note that is like obviously female artsy handwriting. We've seen a few of those before. That's true. Yeah. Uh, uh, the truth is that I have orchestrated all of the hoax hates just so that we have a segment on our show. I wish that were true. I wish it was that easy to explain how this sort of stuff carries on in the post Jesse Smollett era, uncriticized, un- uncritically viewed. The, the, uh, this is this weird story that just was posted um, yesterday evening at an undisclosed Bernie Sanders campaign office in Florida. The Florida for Bernie Twitter account says the property was vandalized with swastikas. Uh, well, really one swastika that you see here on the the building, the side of the building, conveniently right under the surveillance camera. I wonder if there's any footage there. That's that's odd. And the then, swastika's uh, right. Well, this this one is sort on of. the side of the building. If you can't read this, I think it says on the, the, the graffiti on the window, I think says voting didn't stop us last time. I'm not what really is, sure what that, what that means. Mean? I don't know. But uh, this swastika on the Bernie sign out front was clearly a practice one. That one is not correct at all. So um, according to the Post, too, the, the local sheriff sent some resources over to, uh, to clean it up, sent a team over to clean it up. It's weird that a Nazi who hates Bernie this much would need to practice to get the swastika right and would wait until Bernie is all but out of the race to do his very yeah. minimal damage to send his message. Yep. Okay, last thing before we call it a show. I got some surprise cringe for you that, uh, well, it's a different flavor of a, of a recurring theme. This is Katie. She fell in love with Vince. We've been together for about 11 years. The day I asked you out, I told you I loved you. After nine years of marriage, Vince told Katie he was also Natasha. Welcome to Natasha's room. Newly out as gender fluid, Vince's female persona, Natasha, is now also part of their relationship. This is where I kind of get myself all glammed up and ready to go. I came out to my wife. She accepted it super well. I can't say like perfectly because there were some like growing pains that we had to get used to. As far as that feeling, I don't necessarily get it. Um, and I don't personally connect with that. It's just not me. Today is definitely a Natasha day. I definitely feel more like Natasha than I do like Vince. Katie has, ex- has expressed to me multiple times that she is not lesbian. She does not like girls. She is 100% into me as a man. No, I'm not physically attracted in any way to a Natasha. I'm attracted to men. I can appreciate 
when she does a really great job on her makeup because I am not much of a makeup person. I can appreciate when she's got a really cute outfit on or when she's looking good, but physical attraction, not so much, but it's more about what's on the inside. Some of the family has been really accepting and really great, and some of the family has not been. Part of me misses the old Vince, mostly because it'd be nice if it was easier around family again. Um, but I mean, I still have the person that I married and that I'm in love with. We're still together, so haters can hate. All we want to do is love each other. I'm not on a mission to be like, oh, you must accept me. Honestly, I, I need to accept the fact that people aren't going to accept me. Girl, cut your losses. Have kids with somebody else. She's probably, this is like the worst sunk cost fallacy I've ever seen in my life. She's like, been with this guy for 11 years, so I'm just going to deal with him clearly just being gay. It's, uh, well, a, a little more context. Um, this is the show Love Don't Judge. That's the same show where we saw the pregnant fat chick and the polygamous relationship with four guys. Remember oh. that one? <laughs> and uh, this couple is, uh, they're the unfortunately named, or maybe appropriately named, as you reference, uh, high school sweethearts Katie and Vince Gay. That's their names, Katie and Vince Gay. So they've been together for 11 years, so she probably isn't older than 27 if they she, were high school sweethearts. So it sounds like they've been they've been married for nine years together for 11. So I would guess that they are potentially as young as late 20s. They've been together since high school. So she still has a little bit of time. She dumped him right now and found another guy immediately. She could still have three or four kids. Isn't it? I, I, it felt painful to see Katie, the, the wife here, obviously unhappy, but trying to convince herself otherwise. Trying to convince herself, like, this is fine. Uh, there's nothing wrong here. It's a little weird, but I'll learn to live with it. That's this such bullshit because he introduced it, like, several years after the relationship began. This wasn't well, something that, like, he led with. That's the serious question that I have for this is, is we talk about what the acceptable grounds for divorce are. Is this acceptable grounds for divorce? For sure. But what if, what if I were to say that this is the manifestation of a mental illness? Is mental uh, illness. No, I think being a cross-dressing butt pirate is ground for divorce. <laughs> well, but we don't, to be as fair as possible, I think they're still in a monogamous relationship. He that doesn't, dude is super gay. But as far as we know, he doesn't bang gay. guys. He's but gay. He doesn't bang He's guys. Gay. By which you mean attract. But he says, he, actually, in the piece, I should be fair, he says he's not attracted to guys. I had uh -huh. to cut that out. Yeah. I'll yeah, take him at yeah. his word. No, nope, he's gay. That guy's <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is if it's, if it's the manifestation of some kind of mental illness, is that in and Divorce. of itself? To, to me, I would disagree. Like in sickness and in health means something. No, Although I, I agree that this is not the way to, let me be clear. I don't think that this is the way to go about it, to totally enable this. There are no children involved. She still has time to meet somebody else and have kids with somebody else. She has... She needs to cut her losses and get divorced and move on. What if he was like, um, what if he developed really debilitating or obstructive schizophrenia, for example? Uh, I don't know that you typically develop that later in life. I don't just say hypothetically. He became like severely mentally unwell somehow. I'd be more sympathetic to that. But what's, I guess to me, what's the difference? There's more choice involved. 
you want to do this, you want to cross dress, you suppress that part of yourself. You go to therapy, you push that shit down, you lie to yourself. <laughs> okay. I agree that he made a commitment to her that he's probably not upholding. But I just wonder He changed the foundation of their relationship and screwed her and now her the rest of her life is fucked. They're going to get divorced no matter what. She better not be 35 when it happens. It's interesting. I just I I don't I don't know that I see the distinctions between this as a manifestation of some other mental illness, but I obviously don't agree that she should, that the wife should just be enabling this and pretending it's fine. Of I course guess she I, shouldn't, but she's been told by society that she needs to be a supportive wife and that she needs to be LGBTQ yeah. friendly and all this shit. Uh, you know, the, your, your husband is who's supposed to be keeping you in line when he's cross-dressing and God knows what else, then like, who's it going to be? Who's going to be like, listen, bitch, like you need to get it together. You need to pack your bags and get out of this. There are other reasons outside of infidelity and, um, and physical abuse, you know, that are grounds for divorce. And I would say this qualifies. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess if you, if you qualify this as strictly an episode of being mentally unwell, if that's how we think about okay. it. Okay. Okay. Let's I'm, turn the tables on this. All right. Yeah. All right. They clearly talk about how this is like, they've discussed how this should be a sexual component in their marriage. They've clearly talked about that. Mm -hmm. So like your fiance 10 years or, you know, when you've been married for 10 years or whatever the fuck she's like, yo, skag. All I want <laughs> is she to, to me, yeah. put on a goatee and to peg you like that's, I'm just really, but she doesn't it. want, it's just like a weird, is she trying to be transgender or gender fluid? Yeah. Is it just a and weird then she's thing? like, I'm gender fluid. I want to walk around with like a cucumber stuffed in my pants. And today my, I'm, I'm Tom. I feel like Tom today. <laughs> my answer would be that I made a commitment to her in sickness and in health. And I would seek treatment. That would be my mm. answer. Yeah. Would you? I, I would. Obviously I'm not going to go along with the, the sexual asks, but mm. then again, I don't know what the sexual asks are here. And they in don't this, really get in this into scenario, that. you don't have children yet and you're both still of reproductive age. I know. I'm, I guess I'm just, the one thing I'm hesitating about is leaving your partner based on mental illness. Yeah. That's a slippery slope to me. Is this a mental illness? I, I'm not a doctor, but I think that this is probably a manifestation of, of that. Yeah. Yeah. But there are degrees of mental illness, you know, there's like, generalized anxiety disorder. And then at the top, there's schizophrenia where you have no concept of your own reality. We can't yeah. make all mental illnesses equal here. They aren't. There is clearly some element of personal choice in this. I do. Th I, I'm willing to meet you with the idea that the husband is clearly shifting the terms radically. Here. And there are no uh, children yeah. involved here. I wish I, I I'd like to get a, an expert opinion. Like Obviously, the decision to put on a wig is a decision. Uh, that's a clear choice, that sort of thing. But but the condition of, say, like gender confusion or gender dysphoria generally that leads him to unhappiness, potentially. How much of that is a choice? Um, I mean, I don't know. And how much of, is it, uh, how much of it is treatable? But it, do you expect yeah. this chick that doesn't have any, you know, any children with him? I am against divorce, but like we cannot act like marriage in the absence of children is the same kind of lifelong obligatory bond. Once you have kids, it's like, less that's consequential. It. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Like you're, you're, you're locked in for life. I'm not saying that if you don't have kids, your marriage means nothing. I'm not saying that at all. 
Um, but it's easier to abandon ship. And in this situation where he has totally changed the terms of the marriage, and I'm not totally convinced, is your fiance texting you? I'm sorry, girl. Here's the correct answer. She said, in that circumstance, permission to honor kill her. <laughs> so that's that's how we get out of that. That's another thing, yeah. <laughs> what about just killing your spouse? But is she yeah. really going to tank the rest of her life? Like, what about her? She didn't sign up for this. I, no, I agree that she needs to take a f- more forceful role in this. The, the, he's not the, a burn victim. This isn't something, this is some like weird thing he's been harboring that he probably hid from her their entire relationship. Decides yeah, to maybe. dump it on her when she's like in the end of her fertile life. And now she's like, fuck man, what am I supposed to do? I'm sympathetic. I, but I, I just don't know that I want to hold on to the principle that a commitment in sickness and in health matters. Of course that's, it does. That's all I'm trying to st- stick up for here. Yeah, and I agree with you. But, um, you know, we can't act like there are no exceptions to that. If he, if he were beating her up, uh, you'd be like, uh, yeah. Yeah, of course I would. Hit the road. This is emotionally abusive. I agree. Yes. What I'm saying is, like, is his state in, in, in and of itself justification? Is his gender dysphoria or whatever he may have, is that sufficient justification for divorce and and my principled stance says no but maybe what what we're considering here is the behavioral components of this the the choices that he's making in pursuit of it okay fine i mean i'm just saying that the worst outcome is maybe you violate your principles with the divorce okay but the worst outcome is her waiting until she's 35 to get divorced because this couple's not going to make it. I mean, come on. You Fair think that point. They're, like, they're going to the, be an old this... age couple and then they're going to be whatever. Like, no, what's going to happen is they're going to be able to kick this can down the road for six or seven more years until she's truly screwed. Can't find another life partner. She's already unattractive. And then she's, and then she's not going to be what? able to look at those eyes. They're a mile apart. She's got a whole nose chin duo situation. (laughs) You know, she needs to get out now, drastically lower her physical standards and find a man that's going to love her for her. I mean, the real thing that she shouldn't have done was be on this show. It's like, I have to validate my life decision. So everybody look at this dumbass thing that I did. Definitely trying to convince herself. They didn't talk about it much in the, uh, the piece. I wonder what, or if they had children conversations, because that is another consideration here if he had committed to that plan and pulled the rug out on that that's another thing that uh i think would be a point in your corner but people are saying she's not that unattractive yeah i mean great no i think she's in fairness i think she's totally fine i think anybody would she's uh, of average attractiveness i mean if she got it out now in the current dating market at age 27 i mean she could still find a guy that is a few points higher than her in the physical attractiveness department she could find a guy that is a guy Right. <laughs> yeah. Marry a lumberjack or a plumber or something like that. I guess. Like not this weird tranny. Like, and then you don't have any kids and you're divorced because you got married too young and the people kind of understand. She's right. supposed to tank the rest of her life just so she doesn't violate a principle. I'm just saying the principle that commitment matters in sickness and in health is a very important principle. Yes, I know. I- but what about her life? Well, that's she committed her life to another person. That's that's the reality. So she's just supposed to she could live for 60 more years and never have children. Yeah, that's why you got to be sure. <laughs> that's but I but I guess what they I'm saying is if, when she was if you're if you're with if you make a commitment to someone and they get sick. 
you made a vow to see them through that sickness. That's that's what I'm hung up on. What if they get sick and it's totally their fault or something? Uh, like what? They chain smoked and got emphysema or something? I mean, something that would happen early in your life. Like, I don't know. Like you're an IV drug user and you get AIDS. But this is a mental this is a mental health issue. Like how did this, how did he acquire this? I, I guess I'd like there, more information there has got too. To be an element of here, here's another thing that I would consider as a point in your column, if if it's true. How long has he been experiencing this? Because if he allowed the commitment to be made without divulging this to her, that she would be. She said an, that she, that he didn't tell her. He he's like I told her about Natasha like midway through the relationship or whatever. Yeah, it's he been like that. recent. But I guess yeah. how long how long has he known? Was it post marriage or pre? Um, I don't know. I mean, does it matter? Kinda. I mean, I, I think that if you either make way, commi- he's drastically tr- changed the terms of their relationship. He either hid it from her, yeah. or he's changed fundamentally as a person. He's no longer. There- he's also saying that he has another identity. He's saying, "I am a different person than the person you married me." She should seize on that and be like, "I'm not married to you anymore." Okay. Well, that's a fair point. I married Vince, not Natasha. So you're gonna have to decide which one of those people you are. Because I'm married to Vince. All right. I, I can see that angle. I respect your commitment to marriage. I do. And I'm with you. I mean, both of us, you're getting married. I'm married. Like, there are very, very few things that I would get divorced for. But, like, this is crazy time. <laughs> Fine. All right. Chalk it. Put it on the chalkboard. Surprise tranny counts in the divorce column. Put it up there. It goes along with domestic abuse and infidelity. Yeah, surprise totally. tranny yeah. is point three yeah all right I, <laughs> okay. i'm fine with that fine know. we've resolved it all right fair but the list has to remain minimal that's all i'm fine. saying that's okay. all i'm saying three things that's okay. it <laughs> surprise tranny is officially added all right uh we we got to call it a show appreciate everybody okay. uh dealing with an extended surprise cringe segment there so we can get this ironed out and figured out figure out what the right thing is to do in <laughs> such a circumstance uh okay shia says i don't usually get to watch live but i've got a lot of extra time recently i always catch up on mondays though Ah. and catch matt's videos during the week thank you and keep up the great work thank you thank you much appreciated and good luck through these difficult times yep jeremiah chittam i love you guys congrats on your development of a small human being you do a great job thank you matt for always holding to your principles even when hard blonde hold to right wing death squads now You can count on it, I think. Samuel Eddy, just to make it absolutely clear, my grandmother passed away in November to cancer. So joke's Mm. on you. I miss her dearly. I'm sorry. I was just joking, okay? (laughs) Sorry. Well, that took a a turn an hour later or an hour and a half later. Yikes. Thank you for that and best to your family, of course. Uh, Kima, so when are we going to war with China for lying about the virus while at the same time buying a ton of medical supplies from other countries and the test kits China sent out are faulty? Yeah, I mean, we need to take some punitive... Impunitive measures here. Yeah, I think as a country and as individuals, like I was saying um, earlier, uh, I I'm I'm looking at made in China labels a lot differently now. My my scrutiny on those labels is going to be much higher. Um, Jacob Rowe, glad to see you're on Team Dead Grandparents. It's really scary to see how easily so many Americans are willing to submit to government power grabs in a crisis. I don't actually want old people to die. No, that's the way I'm sure he knows that. That's the way it's framed is like agree with full power seizure or you want old people to die. Yep. And we don't have to we don't have to grant that. We don't have to grant that premise either. We can do both things simultaneously. 
we can take care of the vulnerable and we can not commit economic suicide at the same time. Son of the wolf. Is it me? Is it just me? Or has Tim pool become a doomer about the virus? I don't know. Do you watch his content? I, I have heard some people say I'm not, I don't know what exactly Tim has been saying about the virus. So I don't know. I can't opine from my own perspective. Tim, to me, seems like a person who's probably not likely to become a black pillar. So now I'm kind of curious, but I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, he's pretty measured. Um, but I haven't watched any of his content on the coronavirus, so I don't know. Uh, Doug Blask, um, I still think you should have gone with LeBecky. It was on our <laughs> short list. <laughs> Matt right. Field, LeBecky Ping Jr. It's got a good ring to it. I, I like, like that. It, yeah. yeah. Matt Field, my grandma good. died on the eighth blonde. I win. Let's get back to work, bring back all of our manufacturing and keep the borders closed eternally. Fauci, is that how you say his name? Fauci? Yeah. Fauci's paper in the um, New England Journal of Medicine is a good read. A good start. A good oh, read. I haven't, I, I don't even know anything about it. I'll have to check it out. But uh, but yeah, and, and best to your family. I did not expect dead grandma jokes tonight, but uh, you never know where you're going to go. So, so I'm best sorry to about family. all of your grandmothers. My, my grandma passed away. Two and a half years ago now. Maybe she was the first case of coronavirus. Maybe. That is, that was mean spirited. <laughs> I was just trying to be funny. I'm just trying to lighten things up. Okay. I didn't mean, I didn't expect everybody to take all of my granny, my dead granny jokes to heart. Um, everybody's grandparents are dead. We're getting pretty old. I mean, yeah. my grandma died recently or a few years ago and she was 96. Wow. Yeah. None of my grandparents lived to be that old. All my grandparents are gone now. Uh, Teo, any thoughts on the low number of cases in India? In my opinion, the virus is not infectious any more than clicking porn sites affects your neighbor's computer. I mean, I think it's highly infectious. It's probably a testing discrepancy issue. Um, but also they're saying people that um, that live in hot climates that have, uh, had, have had malaria seem to have some kind of immune response. Hmm. But I, there's no data. I mean, I, I, it's Is probably there some testing. relationship to malaria? I don't know anything about this chloroquine treatment either, but that's usually an anti-malaria drug. Apparently, uh, hydrochloroquine, is, I'm not sure if that's how you say it, it has a 100% cure rate. But in that study, there were only 40 people. And I'm I not I think there's sure. a new one out now, too, with 80 I think I saw, pretty, but yeah, they're, they're pretty low terrible. sample. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about this. I'm not a doctor. Um, Freddy sauce, the, this junk needs to hurry and wrap up. Isolating in my truck sucks. I'm wary of bathrooms at truck stops and showers or weary. Sorry. Uh, food options are limited. At least the traffic in LA is a lot better, man. Thank you so much for this guy's a trucker. And I, I can't even imagine what, well, like yeah, I mean, Thank you in any context, really. I mean, it, it, it is magical that we can just click buttons on the computer and suddenly goods arrive at our door yeah. within a few days' time. So it's not just now. It's it's any time. I, uh, we, we, I know we have a lot of truckers who listen because you got a lot of time to listen to stuff. Yeah. So thank you for um, for giving us your time, too. And and um, and man, just just thanks. Thanks for being the, the lifeline that we can count on here. Uh, it, I appreciate I appreciate uh, the work those guys are doing all the time, not just now, but right now it's especially crucial. Um, Canopies says eighty thousand people died in the twenty eighteen flu season. No one talked about shutting down the USA uh, then. If sixty million people in USA get this thing and two percent die, that is one hundred and twenty thousand dead. Yes, sad, but it's just a horrible flu. I know that like comparing this to the flu has become this kind of meme, like yeah. 
I don't remember who I was listening to the other day, but it was like Stefan Molyneux, but he was like mocking people that, that compare it to the flu. Um, but in terms of fatalities, I mean, we need to, we do need to think about that. It's probably the most comparable thing. I don't know if you've ever had the flu, but I had it in 2014 and I was so sick. I actually thought I was going to die. The worst sickness I've ever experienced, at least as an adult with a clear memory of it was mono two years ago. Like oh, that, yeah, was that was really bad. hideous. So, but I never thought I was going to die during that. I was just, I woke up every morning. I slept like 20 hours a day and I woke up in a swamp of my own sweat. It was just disgusting. Um, but, but yeah, it is. So it's not, it's just the question again of like how much of our way of life, if you sacrifice your way of life in terms of trying, in terms of trying to prevent this, is that a worthwhile trade-off? That's really the debate of the entire night. So I think that's really what the flu people are getting at. Not is the flu more or less dangerous than this thing. It's just in the face of what is in the face of the danger that is inherent to the natural world around us. How much can we truly shelter ourselves before we lose basic human freedom that makes it worthwhile to be a human? Right. Oh, and there was something else I wanted to mention in that segment. I'm sorry. I should not. So we should be you know, going through all these. But um, the, the term novel virus, I've noticed people have been using this to fear monger. Uh, but a lot of the things that we experience are novel viruses. Um, you know, when people get a cold, they aren't always experiencing a cold. Sometimes they are experiencing an undiagnosed novel virus and developing immunity to it. Um, if you get a flu and it's outside of the realm of that year's flu vaccine, you're, aren't you experiencing a novel virus? I don't know. I don't know the medical terminology. It just means but, a new undiagnosed virus. But but it's my understanding that every year as the flu mutates, that that too is a novel virus. I realized I forgot to open the DLive treasure chest until now. So I'm doing that right now. Thank you, guys. Thanks for your patience. Um, somebody said I prefer a short story virus. <laughs> <That's clever. laughs> Easier, uh, yeah. Jeremy Young, congrats on 200 episodes. Blonde stunning as always. Uh, don't be fooled. I'm super fat. Um, blah, or disappointed in the lack of plaid mat thoughts on China making things worse around the world with sending out faulty tests while buying up PPE before this got out. Uh, yeah, it was a uh, real shifty. That was some shifty. Yeah, China, shit. China can fuck off. Uh, <laughs> I think everyone can agree on that at least. Yeah. Silver lining. Silver lining. Um, yeah. John West, thousands dead, economy in shambles, <clears throat> Trump's approval rising. What will Bill Maher wish for now? Asteroid or thermonuclear war? <laughs> That's right. It didn't work. Damn it. Yeah. Um, I, I've not seen. Well, the only thing I've seen from Bill Maher, you might appreciate this. I'll be quick. Uh, Bill Maher is, of course, in his own self-quarantine in Southern California somewhere. Or maybe he's elsewhere. I don't know. Maybe he's off on some island. But uh, he's he's clearly just smoking a bunch of weed and posting his high thoughts on his Facebook and Twitter feed. And one of them he had was, you know, this classic high observation that that's like, what if really we're the virus and the earth and coronavirus is the earth cleansing itself of us. Cause we're the disease. <laughs> but then you had all these idiots responding saying how, how arrogant of us to think that we could abuse the world environmentally and get away with it. It will get oh, us back. No. And I'm thinking of all the things that are definitely not natural, like eating bats and coronavirus. This sh- I don't care if you, if you believe that it's a, a an engineered bioweapon or you, what, whatever you think is the origin of this thing. This thing is the 
biological viral equivalent of like a grizzly shark walking out of the ocean. We're all like, what the hell is that? Yeah. This thing did not just evolve naturally right. from no, it came from somewhere. Yeah. It, yeah. The fact that nobody knows what the hell it is, but it just appeared one day and suddenly spread across the earth. That is not a natural product of the earth punishing us. I guarantee you that. I yeah, and I, was... I don't think that he would say that about like sexually transmitted diseases, which actually are nature's way, is nature's way to try to limit promiscuity, right? Hmm. Don't you think? Well, they're, they're obviously things that have existed. They're natural things that have existed for a long time. Like There it, are natural consequences yeah. to promiscuous anal sex or eating bats. Or and I know I know that this thing is part of a family of viruses that broadly have existed for a long time. I'm just saying, from what I understand as a layman, the fact that this new thing that nobody seems to understand and everybody is so terrified of and the uncertainty is destroying the world, I don't think that that just evolved out of nowhere within the scope of a few months' time. Yeah. Generally, evolution or the way, uh, the way um, organisms change over time is a slower process that you can notice happening. Yeah. I just don't buy that this is a natural occurrence. I'm not saying it was engineered for weapon purposes. Well, and if it were and truly was the earth was trying to to purge itself, wouldn't the fatality rate be like for for mares it's like 40%. Yeah, 30%. shitty job mother earth. Yeah, it's You're like, doing... "Oh, I'm going to wipe all you out with a 0.1% fatality rate." Like, yeah. All right, earth. Nice yeah, job. Good job. Uh, don't give... worry, we got you. We'll get you back. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like we're going to get roasted for this episode. Oh, probably. I mean, this thing is so this whole coronavirus episode, this whole coronavirus event is so polarized and controversial. Well, people and, are highly emotional about it because they're yeah. afraid. But like, it's also like people really want to be afraid. Like they really there's a lot of like like jerking off to the fear porn going on. on and the I think there's right. a lot of like want to be right going on, too. I also get this vibe that some people that are talking about this would rather have millions of people die than admit that they were wrong about it. It's I like they I wouldn't want level that accusation loosely because that's well, a, I, I think that's a very about anybody specific. I think that's a very small group of people, but I do think they exist um, in very limited quantity. But it's like people, some people want it to get worse so that they could be like, I told you. Well, and I think there's, I think, I mean, Donald Trump Jr. has been saying it too. Again, I think this is a very limited quantity of people, but I do think that the political opportunism here is real. And I do think that there's a select group of people that do hope this thing ends up being bad so that they can maximize its political opportunity. I see that going around too. For sure. Like Macron. I'm I'm certain he's like that. I don't know what he's done. I don't know. But he's, he's at home like super jazzed because he doesn't have to deal with yellow vest protests because he has his entire population under control. Except for migrants. Seeking permission on an app. Yeah. yeah. Gabriel Lopez, na nice to catch up uh, and watch you guys live once again. Been busy with weeding-related stuff. I assume wow. you mean wedding-related stuff. Going to get married like both of you figs. There it Well, is. there you go. Congratulations. It's been a little while. Good to hear yeah, from you. And I'm thanks, glad to Gabriel. hear life is developing positively. Yeah, totally. Um, Freddie Sauce, I think I had the woo back in February. I was really sick and had fever dreams. Last time I had those when I had swine flu 10 years ago. I hope wow. immunity lasts. This crap has me freaked out. I mean, if a lot of these doctors are to be believed, we're all going to get it, which is another thing we didn't talk or about. Or possibly may have had it. Or may have had it, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Air Rick Charm Ella. Congrats on 200 episodes and Careful. on Emmeline. Sorry if I spelled that wrong. No, you actually spelled it correctly. It's E M M A L I N E. I appreciate that. And I appreciate mm. the support in the, like, only four people told me that it's a stupid name. What? That's not very much at all. I know. Uh, people are upset it's not Ping, though. <laughs> no one says, Blonde, where do you sign up for the collapsitarian party between the public supporting or asking for more authoritarianism and more ridiculous debt spending? I'm not sure the West can be saved. Um, we have to save the West for this couple that's been together for 11 years who, with the tranny dude. And that's, that's what America has become. She has to see it through. She has to see it through because <laughs> principles guys. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, is the, it, I think maybe the virus is the manifestation of the collapsitarian party. And that's why the dissident right isn't pushing back against the authoritarianism. Hmm. That's kind of layered. Like they, they want it because it'll be rebelled against later. Is that what you're saying? Um, yeah. I mean, this mm. is kind of the ultimate collapsitarian event, right? Well, it does worry me out. Um, we talk about the booga flu and stuff. It, the idea that you're going to combine massive crackdown on your basic freedom with potentially severe economic struggle, that is a cocktail for civil unrest and conflict. Right. G good luck with that. I don't want to see this play out. And uh, people that have been prepping, which both of us have, so don't act like this is some kind of accusation or anything like that, yeah. uh, feel really validated right now. Even I do. I'm like, in 2016, I bought a year of freeze-dried food and my ammo and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's validating. It's I something. will admit that it helps me feel more confident. Like, our grocery store shelves around here are still intermittently scraped. Yeah. There's stuff at the grocery store that I'm trying to buy that I can't because everybody's scooping it up. Yeah, but I'm not panic buying anything because I know that if this got to a worst case scenario, I'm going to be OK to live on my own with nobody's help for X amount of time. Yep. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, Libertas Novi uh, at Blonde regarding testing, whether it's negative or positive, every test gives us information. If it comes back negative, then at least we know the patient didn't die of coronavirus, which helps us with accuracy. It's my understanding of the test that it has low sensitivity and low specificity, which means that it's not super accurate to tell you if you're negative or if you're positive. So they're having um, healthcare workers be double tested. And in some hospitals, you have to have two consecutive negative tests to continue oh, yeah, working. To be cleared as like, and to be cleared as a recovered person. Right. Yeah. So that would mean that the sensitivity and specificity are both low. Um, mm. And I, I agree with you. I mean, the, the more I, I, I advocate for more and increased testing. Uh, but I do believe that there are a bunch of people that are running around thinking that they were infected with COVID when they never, in fact, have been. And, and vice well, versa. And vice people versa. Who, yeah. yeah. Which makes getting a, 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 tot a total number of infected very, very difficult. Mm. Um, Chris B. Dr. Bricks. Is that how you say it? Did sound. Uh, Burks, right? Is, isn't Burks? it IRX? Oh, okay. That was a typo. Uh, maybe I, maybe I'm saying it wrong though. Let me check. Uh, did sound reassuring, but access to needed medical care has already been severely rationed. A procedure I need done to let me know if I have cancer or not isn't severe enough. I'm not alone. I'm really sorry point, to hear point that. Taken. And that yeah. is, that is true. And, um, me and my sister-in-law are not really getting very good prenatal care. Yeah. So all of my um, prenatal appointments were canceled on a week by week basis. And then her, I don't even think that she knows where she's going to give birth. And she's like 36 weeks now. 
Jeez. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. We're absolutely, I mean, the, the delay of so-called elective procedures or elective care, we've seen that all over. And of course that sounds good when it's like, Oh, um, you know, I need some cosmetic surgery or something like that. But yeah. when it is something that is closer to something serious, that is to say like, um, cancer screening or something like that. Yeah. That, that has serious implications. Yeah, absolutely. And then when we see the demographics, um, for this, like the average person that has died in Italy is 81. And they've said that they're going to stop treating people that are over 70, I believe, or something like that. Wow. Everybody was so horrified, but it's like that, that is a practical decision that a responsible doctor would make. And I would hope that if you're in that age group, like what Dan Patrick said, um, I would hope that if you're in that age group that you would want to delineate uh, healthcare to a younger person. It's like, well, I'm sorry, I, I, still... I didn't invent this circle of life shit, but my life is more important than my parents' life. And my baby's life is more important than my life. I still want to protect that individual's right to choose though. I don't want the state empowered with making those. Choices. Yeah, that's fine. That's, but that's you have to make sweeping decisions and triage sometimes based on the average amount of life somebody has left. Yeah, I, I guess what I'm saying is I think it's different is if a family decides to make sacrifices on behalf of its own family versus if the state decides this person's life matters more well, what than about that hospitals? person's life. Well, I think the individual should still have the freedom to make the choice of their provider and who's going to treat them and all those sorts of things. I, I mean, what, what you're talking about, if the state has the sort of power that you're describing is actual death panels. From from the state's perspective, yes, but all but all hospitals do that to some degree if they're yeah, in a busy emergency yeah. situation. Like if there's an earthquake or on September 11th or something like that, they're like, this person is more severely injured, but they're 80. This person is less severely injured, but they're 45. Like, and they have to make a decision about who they're going to take of, care of. Yes, yeah, some of that is just the reality of that resources are finite, but. I guess what I'm saying is I, I don't want an 80 year old who is seeking treatment to be denied across the country because the state says so. Of That's, course not. Of yeah. course not. But because it's like everybody's just realizing now that resources are finite, that that healthcare is a finite resource and yeah. that in in the absence of all of these individual decisions, somebody's going to have to make a larger decision about how to treat. Well, it's, it's uh, our friend, Michael Schlecht texted me, shout out to Michael. He says, why don't they just declare the ventilators a human right? <laughs> Duh. Problem solved, man. Like what are we do? just declare it a human right? And none of all this, this whole debate is moot at that point. I mean, and for people that are going to criticize me in the comments, cause I know that that's coming. I'm telling you that my child's life is more important than mine. Anybody younger than me, they, they, they have more time left. Their, their, their lives are more important. Well, and specifically your child, your job is to protect that child. You right. Know? If I got um, into a situation. It's, it's not the states, it's yours. If yeah. I got into a situation where I had COVID and I was worried about the baby and I couldn't make my own decision. I've already talked to my husband, like, save the baby, <laughs> mm. save the baby. Um, I don't even know if I'm allowed to make that decision, but a Freddie sauce, last one. Uh, Tabor X95 rifle is $1,800. Should I buy before Corona bucks inflation hits? <laughs> Maybe a good investment in time. I can afford it, but do I need it? I, that's up to you. I've, I've never handled one, but in Hail principle, Blanc and I guess you're not spending your Corona bucks because those haven't arrived. Uh, those haven't arrived yet. We were talking on Wednesday, what the appropriate spending of your Corona bucks is. Where should you spend it on principle? Uh, buying a gun, I think is a great decision, yeah. but, uh, but you have to evaluate for yourself what, is the wisest way to spend your money in the coming months, which by all 
based on what Trump is saying today about extending guidelines, based on what Mnuchin is saying about money not arriving for three weeks, even if we have direct deposit, uh, we are in store for some prolonged hardship here. Yeah. There is no easy, clean end coming soon. We're talking like possibly all of April at minimum being the status quo. So, you know, make your decisions yourself with that information and carry on. Good luck. You know, worst case scenario, you, you have no money and no food, but you have a gun. That's true. That's better than nothing. So you can rob your neighbors <laughs> if you need to. I'm just, uh. <laughs> that is exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> Mark Duquesne, serious cases is what you need to watch. When that gets too high in one area, the ICU beds run out, causing fatality rates for everything to rise. And last week, it started a steep climb worldwide. And that's true. And there's an argument to be made about, you know, I know it's also a meme now, too, about flattening the curve. Yeah. Uh, so that that is what I think is a legitimate argument for quarantining. But otherwise, like, this is going to have to end eventually. Yeah. And I, I, I want to know uh, genuinely, does it work? Did it work? Was this flattening the curve through social distancing? Did it actually have an effect or was it all bullshit? It's a, you have to compare it to, I guess I don't have a control group to compare it to, but I wish I had a counterfactual where we did, we where these things, I guess what I would say were these things weren't state mandated and were advisements that people could make their and people could make their own decisions for themselves. Would we see yeah. a drastically different situation right now? Would things be drastically worse? I don't know. I, I mean, don't, we're I never don't know. know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, big LC have all of the Karens and Susans on Facebook demanding more lockdowns, more civil liberty restrictions. And why wasn't it done two weeks ago? Convince you to repeal the 19th. Yeah, Matt. That's so <laughs> funny. Cause we were literally talking about that moments before the show. It's a fair point. I haven't seen a lot of John's and you know, Jack's and Daniel's and whatever. It's been a lot of Susans and Karens. I will acknowledge that. Uh, Shauna Thornton, sorry, but how many of these job losses are just unnecessary social blot filled by women who could have been leading lives, fulfilling lives as stay-at-home moms? Economic bloat is not just governmental. That is a hot take, and I like it. The other side of that, too, uh, someone had the genius observation, I wish I would have thought of myself, but it's funny how in this time we don't talk about the other side of the wage gap, that men are losing a dollar to every woman's 79 cents. What, suddenly we don't care about that sexism. This is a yeah. gendered problem. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Boogeyman917, happy 200th show. Thanks for being here and for your sane voices during this insane time. Cheers. Cheers to you. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Kazra, sir, RT, um, as a respiratory therapist, sharing ventilators on super sick patients will end up with more deaths. That's also true. Um, most major medical societies are against it. Shout out to all those on the front lines putting themselves in harm's way. Yeah. I mean, for being a doctor or a nurse right now, which just those poor people. No doubt. Yeah. I, thank you for, and thanks for the insight on the ventilator stuff. I, I can't pretend to have knowledge of no how knowledge these things operate. This, yeah. I just, I can read stuff. But I can't, I have no firsthand experience, obviously. Uh, Busy's crack pipe. The best part about the $1,200 Corona books is that it costs about $1,200 to build a guillotine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if everyone combines uh, some of the money, we, maybe we can build a catapult or something like that. Pool your resources. Um, Rudwick, I think we can all agree Californians should be stopped at the border virus or not. <laughs> P.S. Nice choice on the baby name. Uh, yeah, I'm with you there. No Shani escaping. All right. You guys, you guys made your bed. Now lay in it. Yeah, really. Yeah. Shaniqua stunning and brave. I've lost my jobs and only have $20 left, but I'm donating $10 to you. <laughs> Please get yourself a beer and drink it on your reservation. Well, we should, we should virtue signal on this basis. Just like Elizabeth Warren. 
Yeah, someone really. came to me and said, in this economy, I only had $6, but I'm giving you three. <laughs> I hope that story is not true. And if it is, yeah. uh, I would encourage you to email me. I hope it's just a joke. But uh, we appreciate the support for the show. Laurel says, Matt gets, you want old people to die. I get, you want authoritarianism and you care nothing about civil rights. Haters yeah. going to hate. Yeah. I, I hear you. There's no, there's no winning in this. And we're all trying to navigate an literally an unprecedented situation in our as lifetime, i so. as i understand it we're going to talk with laurel on uh old friend jay fry's stream next monday oh nice so maybe i i bet it like if laurel and i speak and laurel and i are not on bad terms at all like i think we have some disagreement about how this ought to be navigated but i bet we actually agree on a fair amount like yeah. i wonder what laurel like if maybe we can talk about it in terms of like uh how to solve this problem with more precise localized approaches i suppose and governors like in states like mine who have the balls to say it's not that big of a deal for now. Uh, maybe we could find some agreement there. Nope. Nope. Says regarding the stimulus, everyone's getting screwed old people more so because their retirement accounts are tanking and the inflation is devaluing what's left. Young p people simply have less money to devalue. Um, there's some yeah, truth. To that that's too. true. Yeah. Uh, Colin said AOC would be cheering for the bailout bill that Obama signed for the housing market crash in 2008. Totally. Yeah. I'm sure she would have creamed herself over tarp. What's wrong with me? Like I'm carrying a child and I can't clean up my act. <laughs> I don't think there was any hope of that mm. ever. I'm going to have to eventually. Right. Yeah. I, oh, I bet. I bet that's going to happen. I mean, finding out that your mom is an online casual racist, it's, it's gotta be like finding <laughs> out that she's some kind of, prostitute hey emmeline 20 years from now i don't know how well this aged maybe there's no world maybe maybe you're dead of coronavirus we're all dead by then who knows my immune system is not going to be taken out by a chinese bat virus okay that's true uh, maybe just famous pure, last words your will will see you through it uh oh i just read that one um Darlene Cates, I don't agree with every part all of the people living off of the government will get their money regardless regardless it should be for laid off and furloughed workers only. I, I can I, get behind that, yeah. I, I, I can get with the idea or the principle, but I guess the problem is the administrative cost of determining those things. Mm. Like, first of all, you're going to have to demonstrate your lack of employment, but then for Corona bucks, you'd also have to demonstrate as a result of coronavirus. That's true. That's for everyone to demonstrate that. That's a lot. Yeah. But I, I understand the perspective you're coming from. <coughs> uh oh, yeah. it's happening. You got it. Redwall 1521. AOC's rant, what people don't realize is microeconomics. Companies don't suddenly have massive cash on hand. Lots of corporate assets are put into investing, buying machines, office material, yeah. hiring and training people. That's true. And then there are some industries that just naturally operate with razor thin margins because oh, of course, like restaurants do because all the food is perishable and stuff. And just the general reality of keeping costs down for your customers. You got to be competitive. You're going to eliminate as as much cost as possible to keep your price down, so they're competitive, so that you're competitive in the market. Yeah, that's that's just the reality. Of course, you're going to whatever. Preach into the choir here. People understand this. Apparently, congresswomen don't. Yeah. Uh, Sam E. To doctors and nurses, I wear these latex gloves to support you. We wear nitrile gloves. Lol. Fail. <laughs> that's a fair point thank you for the clarification doc bailey some genius intercut aoc's rant with a certain german leader's speech she looks <laughs> furious 
Ah, nice. I hope everyone stays safe and this insanity ends soon. On my end, I'm going absolutely insane. That's another thing. This sucks. This totally sucks. Everybody wants to be on side now, too. Like I said, I've never seen so many people. You were mentioning it in your neighborhood as well. I've never seen so many people out on the trails around my house. Mm-hmm. Everybody is just, they're looking to be outside or do something. Yep. They all got cabin fever. Uh, Pittsburgh. Now I see why strip clubs are always so dark inside. Yeah. Really. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, there, go watch the full video. I'll link it in the description. There's some rough scenes from those strippers. I can't believe people are paying them to bring food to their house. Yeah. Anthony P. I'm a Catholic, but seeing how energized and full evangelical churches are. So I wanted to ask Blonde and Matt if you think Catholicism is dead in America. Um, no, I don't. And I encourage you to watch E. Michael Jones commentary. Um, if you're interested in talking about uh, Catholic revival in this country, I do think that the church needs major, major reform because they've totally bought into this globo homo cuckery. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think it's dead in America, but I, I am attracted to, to evangelical churches. Hmm. I, I am, I gotta say, even though I'm Catholic. Um, not important. Can't trust the numbers. Test check for any version of Corona and don't provide load. <laughs> you said load. Die for any reason with a slight cold and they counted as Corona. Um, hmm. Matt actually talks about this in his interview with, um, oh my God, I almost said on the offensive. I'm sorry, with Frank. Frank. <laughs> what, what well, is he was story? referencing that case about the, the, the fall yeah. death, quite frankly. Yeah. Quite frankly. Um, yeah. That's I didn't even recognize the pun, pun until just this very moment. <laughs> yeah. You guys should check that out. Uh, Shauna Thornton, my great grandfather jumped off a building due to the year known as 1929. Yes. And what about the suicides wow. that are going to be associated with any kind of severe economic downturn? Sure. Um, Anthony P. Also, there are more hot evangelical women. I can't opine on that. I don't know. Hmm. Sunshine Party. Ah, Emmeline. That's my cousin's name. You guys, I only agree with you when I'm drunk. I don't know why, but super fan right now. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I guess I'll just take it. Thank you. Uh, Anthony P. Evangelicism also reaches out to more than just old Pollocks like my grandparents. I visited non-Catholic churches, and they are young and have just as many men and women with true soul. And I like the music, too. Um, Automata. There's also a toll to not doing routine checkups, dental checkups, and cleanings alone can lead to heart-related deaths or folks scared to go to the hospital trying to ride out a minor stroke. That is true. And on the flip side, another reason we're seeing hospital overload is people that would normally ignore minor symptoms are going in for fear of coronavirus. So we're seeing both sides of this. Like people are going to die because of both of these things and because they're displacing legitimate cases. Hmm. Um, Joseph Duff Kulisics Every single argument that you made against coronavirus measures could be made against war measures. The Second World War drafted around 12 million and caused enormous economic dislocation. Was it wrong? You want to take this one? I'm not convinced that even the draft is constitutional, to be honest. I, yeah. I, but yeah, uh, w- what's the question? Like, w- was that wrong to force people to uh, to surrender their liberty to serve the country? Is that is that the question? I mean, first of all, I, I don't suppose. grant... I don't grant that this is the the same threat level that the World War II was. But on the question of whether the state has the right to seize your life and force it into service or force it into confinement because of what the state's goals uh, become, I'm against that principle regardless. I don't want a, a draft in this country for many reasons. One, because I don't want to see your, your, your liberty 
taken from you in that way. And, and second, because I think a volunteer uh, military is a more effective military. So and I, I, mean, I, uh, I, I would oppose all of these things on principle regardless. We also have to think, have we ever fought a truly legitimate war? Like ever. Uh, the Revolutionary War. Outside of the Revolutionary War. Civil uh, War was largely preventable, I think. You think so? Mm-hmm. Um, World War II was a big misunderstanding. We know that. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> a default um, username. Yeah, I mean, you can make, that's, I think you can make an argument about almost any war, though. You know? Anyway. Uh, default username. Every person puts a dollar value on life. Ask any of these supposed no dollar value people if they think the government should spend a trillion dollars to save one human life they'll say no because they price life too yep it's hmm. like a uh, prostitution everybody's got a everyone's got a price don't they <laughs> i'm just joking um j edgar people say barack would have handled this so much better however if he were president some cop would shoot a blackhead and people would protest and you'd never hear about COVID again i haven't heard about anything but COVID in weeks yeah i know and I'm I'm hoping we can talk about some other things in coming weeks, but this is this seems like it's going to be the status quo for a little while. Gabe the Dizzle, quick reminder: Italy was the only Euro country to sign onto China's One Silk Road BS, and the entire reason they're at risk for collapse is because of the 200,000 Chinese NPCs uh, that took over Milan's fashion industry. Uh, yeah, that's true. I've also heard that they had like constant direct flights from Milan to Wuhan that they didn't halt until like way late in the game. And then that paired with being the second oldest demographic in the entire world and four generations of people living in close quarters as just like a cultural norm. I think they've got a real unique situation here, um, which is why their fatalities are so much higher. You know, Germany with all the testing and everything, I think their um, fatality rates down to like 0.4%. Yeah, it's, it's super low. Um, holy cow. We're on pace to hit a three hour show. I think that's fine. That's, that's all right. Maybe we'll get there. I might have to take a pee break though. Okay, go. I haven't taken a pee break. I just want to point that out. All right. All right. Well, that's a 24 ounce Corona I went through. Uh, I drank an entire, whatever this is called. All right. I'll be back in a second. All right. Um, he's gone now guys. We can, we can talk about whatever we want. What do you guys want to talk about? Okay. Okay. World War II, yeah, me too. Uh, Gabe the Dizzle, quick reminder. Oh, I just read that one. Um, Gay Dad's Bear. Celebrities are social distancing from their handlers. Yeah, if anything has been laid bare, it's the absurdity of celebrity culture. Like, this Meghan Harry thing really pisses me off because he got, she got him to sell out the tradition of British royals so that he could buy into a dying, morally bankrupt culture of of hollywood celebrity which is like totally over now because of me too it's like it, isn't that just symbolic of all of the things that are going wrong in the world right now it's it's just incredible to me um laurel says i think when this started governments were honestly trying to protect the public but now that evidence questions severity but now that evidence questions severity governments are committed to the severe narrative and have to perpetuate it that was so fast Um, you missed my celebrity rant, but sorry, my mic was not, uh, was not on. There we go. Yeah. I pushed it out, pushed it out as fast as I could. Really? You just took a, a monster poop right then. Uh, whatever. However you want to <laughs> interpret that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of people, Laurel, that are like, 
having to validate the things that they've said. I don't really understand why. Is, isn't that way harder than just being like, I was wrong and things have changed, like computing forever. Everybody watch his recent videos. They're so good. Hmm. Richard Enormous, government kept weed stores open in Canada. Mrs. Trudeau deserves another one of my massages. <laughs> massages. Um, Sean Garvey, we have a low-cost, safe, highly effective medical treatment for this disease, yet media scaremongers are against it, and the medical establishment touts a non-existent vaccine. Accident? Hmm. Hardly. Yeah, I'm not getting a vaccine for this. Um, Sam E., student nurse in St. Louis, also work at a kid's hospital. PPE is under lock and key because of theft. My clinic shut down, ruins my education. Nurses getting COVID, suspected cases, not put on precautions quickly. Man. Hmm. That is a well, tough luck. break, and yeah. I'm sorry and, that you live and, in St. Louis, too. And thank you, as always, to all of our, our healthcare people for yeah. doing what you're doing. Jack DDSN, read the five stages of collapse book I got you, Matt. Might be time. Uh, I believe that we're in stage four, if <laughs> I remember we? correctly. All right. Uh, Darlene Kate. Thank you. Our comp looks like it will be okay. Any construction has to have survey. Arizona, 1917, in a population of 7.5 million. We need accurate widespread testing. Fatality percentage decrease drastically. 40-year lab tech nurse plus boomer. Love you guys. Hang in there. We love you too, Darlene. Blonde's favorite boomer. She is. I mean, yeah. my mom's okay. Close, uh, close second. Aurora Wright, check out Event 201 on YouTube. I think this pandemic is just an opening to a global cryptocurrency to be offered. The panacea to our economic mm. woes taking down U.S. economy to make it look desirable and stable. I'm with you, Aurora, and I've been thinking about this. Because of the, 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 up, the uprising of the public against globalism, the government's given us a solution that makes us feel like it's going to stop globalism. And in turn, we're going to end up with a one-world currency. It's like they've Tricky. been double agents on this. <laughs> All right. Uh, Greg Olson, do you think some businesses will start to rebel against Trump's recommendation and start to open by mid late April, regardless of their state's policies? Uh, I've seen so. some I mean, businesses, some business Facebook pages here in Montana that have been hinting that April 17th is their target date to open. Cause that's when the governor here has said it, that was the end of his stay at home order, yeah. but that was earlier in the day before Trump extended the guidelines. So maybe, I don't know, man, at some point economic reality is going to set in and it's either open my doors or my business goes away. Yeah. So when we hit that threshold, maybe. Um, Kapler 79, if everyone wears a mask, even a home stitched one, you can prevent the spread and can resume the economy. Singapore, Hong Kong and South Korea all crushed their curves this way. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, if I have to make small sacrifices like that, and I don't know if Fine. that's true or not, I'm just saying, let's say it's true. Uh, if I have to make small sacrifices like that, that aren't as severe as the ones we're making right now, I'm all in, of course. Pete Hodges, uh, Chatelet, amigos, be well, be safe, love y'all, we love you too, Pete. Well, thank you. Uh, Aurora Wright, no Aurora, I'm heartbroken. <laughs> Your pick is a beautiful name nonetheless. Closing the great outdoors, people are power tripping. The Karens yeah. in my town won't shut up about people leaving their house to walk. Yeah, shut I, up, I Karen. see that on Facebook, too. I see people outside walking on the sidewalks. I guarantee their walk is non-essential. Well, um, that's the great thing. This is America, and I don't give a shit what you think about what I'm, whether I'm, what I'm doing is essential or not. Yeah, and what about irrelevant. people like me who are pregnant? Like, I have to get exercise for the health of the baby. So yeah. my walk is essential, Karen. Well, and just the other side of this. Is, am I supposed to believe that it's healthier for us to remain totally sedentary? 
Right. What I'm about our immune be, systems? Supposed too. to be sedentary for a month or six weeks, and that's the healthier choice? I, I doubt it. And then there's no way to quantify the number of people who would have brought their immune system up to a healthy level through regular exercise and would have been able to fight the virus. Yeah. Uh, Nate Hooper, sorry, I've been off the radar. Lots of changes, but doing okay in Priest River, Idaho. I'm essential with mental health services. <laughs> yeah. Hope you are both okay. Good to hear from you, Nate. Yeah. Uh, reach out anytime, of course. And, and uh, I'm glad to know things are going as well as they could, at least. Yeah. Uh, Sam from Ohio, no note. And he, Sam from Ohio with a note. Matt, how bad does a disease have to be before you get arrested for going into public? And who decides? Yeah. Seems like a slippery slope. Maybe we should do it for the seasonal flu that kills people too. I mean, the, that is the question. Are, who yeah, decides? those are the questions I'm I'm worried about. Because as, as it is now, we're just freestyling and it's just government declaration. I declare that this is too dangerous. So you must obey. Well, okay. I, I call me skeptical because that's right. That's a that's a system that's ripe for abuse. Yep. Um, I had to reload and now I'm way back down here. Uh, it's, we left off at, uh, Tom, Tom. or Thom. I got Tom, Tom 12, T-H-O. 12. The Corona Walker is different from the gun Walker because the virus will infect indiscriminately. The gun Walker has to deliberately use the gun to carry out the threat of violence. Right. That's true. Yeah, I agree. Um, nine twelve Bush. What happened to my body? My choice. So now everyone cares about how personal choices dealing with my body can potentially harm another human life. True. Uh, <laughs> Odd that, yeah. Gabe the Dizzle. Regarding Biden, inappropriate sexual acts are extremely common in people with dementia. They don't have self control. Adult adult hormones plus impaired brain cognition equals nursing home. Mm. Anything else is elder abuse. I am getting strong elder abuse vibes from this campaign. Suicide by campaign. That's what Joe Biden's doing. Maybe bridge burner 77. <laughs> Happy 200th show guys. And thank, thank you for you. your level headed posi- positive vibes tonight. Blonde is right. It's insane. How many right wing people are trusting the government and the media. Yeah. And then yelling at me about it. <laughs> uh, Thomas Stein for F's sake. If Biden wins the presidency, the country deserves when it gets people are effing stupid. There. Are you happy, Susan? Uh, I can't wait till Biden wins and we're all housebound and we get our Biden bucks sent to us. <laughs> in the mail every month and somehow that system works. Yeah, really. That'll be a great day. Grim turd says blonde twat rhymes with cat. Nobody says twat. No one. I, yeah. Uh, some people do, but I prefer twat. Yeah. <laughs> you heard that guys. He prefers twat. I prefer twat. If Biden wins, it's because his VP choice is who DNC wants to be the figurehead Muppet of POTUS as POTUS. Mm-hmm. Um, if only Bernie was the one with dementia, then the weekend at Bernie's memes could really flourish. Uh, Rainier Chen, the hoax hate note says, we don't want you here. This is H-E-A-R. This is a common grammar mistake for new English learners, typically of Chinese descent. Believe me, I've seen it so many times before. (laughs) That's interesting. If that's true. Neither of those people were fresh off the boat though. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose so. Um, and that one guy, I think I'm pretty sure he was like Samoan or something. Yeah, I don't. He was definitely not Chinese. She was Chinese. So I presume yeah. this is her thing. Probably. Skip Mayfield, lucky to have an essential job that gets me outside and pays well. Go buy some TP since that will have more value than USD yeah, in the future. For sure. Thank you. Um, C2K. And I'm sorry, I said a lot of stuff in front of your daughter in this episode. And I apologize. <laughs> I won't disavow this. I'm sort of proud, to be honest. Uh, Mr. Biden is the kind of man my dad tells me to run away from. Oh, it's her. Uh, not being rude, but but how can a guy like that be our president? My dad would kill that creep. <laughs> her. I mean, that's true. If he like approached me in the night or something, I'd be like, ah, animated corpse. It's going to molest me. 
Gabe the Dizzle. Check out uh, Bombard's body language on YouTube. Pamela Myers, lie spotting and Dr. Paul Ekman's work makes spotting liars really mm. easy. We should talk about local liars offline sometime. Mm. Um, well, thank you. Nobody says, I'm surprised you guys didn't notice the misspelling in the Asian hate note. Do better. That's true. It was a terrible oversight. We lack journalistic integrity <laughs> and we apologize. I guess, I guess in, in any other, in what, well, I don't know that I take a misspelling to be necessarily indicative of a hoax, though. Why is that? Unless there's some ethnic connection, like Raynor Chen, Raynor Chen was saying. But otherwise, huh. I don't know. Whatever. Oh, somebody mm -hmm. said, is Blonde's image flipped for some reason? No, I braided it on the other side to fuck with you guys. Ah. Uh, well, thank Thomas you. Stein. I had to take some kind of LGBTQ history class from my major and had to watch this doc by this transgender person go through the whole thing. Her wife divorced her after trying for a minute. Lol. Okay. Weird. So there are other cases of this or somewhat similar cases. It's so bizarre. Um, Halo strike regarding the butt pirate blonde nose de way. <laughs> All right. We put it up on the chalkboard. Like I said, definitely listen to everything that I say and <laughs> egregiously violate your quarantine. Just joking. Uh, busy's crack pipe. Matt still hasn't answered the question about getting pegged. He did kind of do a workaround. Uh, yeah, I said I'm not. I, my serious answer is that I'm not going to do any of that weird shit, and I'm going to try to see my wife through treatment. That that's my serious answer, the principled answer. Mm. But if she tries any physical shit, then we know that physical abuse is grounds for divorce. And she says I can honor kill her. That's true. Yeah. My consolation in this is that I know she would never try anything like that because she knows that the appropriate reaction from you is to murder her. So. I, I don't even think she's joking in that text. I think that's serious. <laughs> Mark G, the dude has his own room for his dragging. Uh, no way he'll allow kids in the house since he would have to give up that room. Maybe they talked about oh, it. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, didn't, I don't remember seeing any reference in the video, but yeah, he does have a dedicated Natasha room. You're right. The least in the kingdom. If the Christian view matters, sexual immorality mm. is a justification for divorce. According to OT law, cross-dressing is sexual immorality. <laughs> Say what you like about stoning, but it works. Okay, that's that's interesting. Does that qualify as sexual Im immorality? Is it... Um, okay, I, I, I can see the angle you're coming from. Sean Garvey, that couple is doomed because one is embracing the mental illness and the other is enabling it. Yeah. If they'd both work on it, they might recover from it. The commitment is worth the fight, but by both. I mean, yeah. I agree that, that, that is, he is yeah. not really putting, he, he's betraying his commitment to her as well. I, I agree for sure. Uh, doesn't matter. The missus and I had our own surprise cringe tonight, had to give the cat an emergency bath plus one for me. There was no claws, but blood and or blood involved. Uh, let's have fun walking into the apocalypse. Yeah. We're trying. Onion head. It's called autogynophilia. Mm. He's attracted to himself as a woman. It's a manifestation of self hatred associated with depression. Okay. He needs therapy and medication. Um, that doesn't sound like schizophrenia to me, though. Like he's aware of his own reality. He just has a super weird fetish. Okay. Mm. Um, our son in the. This beats grandma getting hit by a reindeer. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Jacob says maybe he's a, a new Christmas jingle this year. Is there a lumberjack song? Grandma he's a lumberjack. died from coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. He, he's a lumberjack and he's okay. He sleeps all night and works all day. I cut down trees. I skip and jump. I like to press wild flowers. I put on women's clothing and hang around in bars. Is this a real lumberjack song? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Is this in reference to the husband guy? I guess so. 
um, Ian Leslie, there's a 100% effective way to prevent risk and it's death. <laughs> yeah. If the state really wants to prevent the spread of coronavirus. Uh, yeah. Uh, Thomas Stein, uh, damn it. Another 10 bucks. There's actually a Bible verse somewhere that says thou shall not eat bats. Now, you know, I guess, or there should be now, but maybe there, maybe there literally is. Is that? What oh, it's from Monty Python. Ah, my dad would be so disappointed in me right now. Uh, Michael Patrick, if someone screeched breathlessly about how the Russians planted a murderous uh, tyrant to kill the world in 12 years, I wouldn't believe what they said, what they had to say about the virus. Hmm. Mike Newman, I am thankful to be working, but it's frustrating how many coworkers that are not taking the physical distancing seriously. I had pneumonia in my 20s and now I'm 51 and I have no interest in getting this virus. Uh, that's true. I mean, we have to keep in mind people that are immune compromised. Blonde is right. You, I am not going to be niggardly. Oh, well, thank you for that, too. Love the show. Uh, thank you, Mike. Brendan S. Callahan, thanks for the vids, for the vids. So I have some more listening material to play while I play, while I play Monster Hunter World Iceborne with a girlfriend <laughs> while we're quarantined here in SoCal. That sounds fun. Yeah, there's a lot of time for games these days. That's true. Yukon uh, Don, physio for my injured left elbow was canceled, so I augmented by 12-gauge pump with a new Beretta 12-gauge semi-auto lemonade cool. made from lemons. I've never handled a semi-auto shotgun myself. So that would be a fun time. Neither. I wonder, I don't know. I assuming they're reliable. I'm sure it's, I'm sure they're pretty fun. Dangerous spaces. Uh, Trump said, use soap on your hands and wash them underwater. Arizona couple is drowned. <laughs> Media blaming Trump regardless yeah. regarding polls. Keep in mind, Trump got more vote in Dem primaries than any Dem candidate. That's true too. Yeah. I mean, it was a fractured field though as well, but, uh, but I suppose now these days, the last few, I guess it hasn't, it hasn't been, but you know, we also, we're dealing with such a weird campaign season right now between the million democratic candidates and then the sudden influx of coronavirus. Right. It's into so it. bizarre. Jay says blonde, that girl on Dr. Phil is, is probably younger than you. Is her life more valuable? I mean, objectively, yes. Uh, clearly not. I mean, that girl's worthless, but if you're in an emergency situation, um, <laughs> it's not like doctors are going to be able to evaluate the merit of your life. Like there has to be some kind of objective standard by which they can do this with some immediacy or a bunch of people are going to die. And it has to be average age of remaining years. It, I mean, I don't really see another way. It's not perfect. It's not even very good, but it's got to be better than any standard yeah, triage. I guess the distinction I would draw and maybe what the chatter is getting at, does that mean life it more or less valuable or does that mean reality of assigning resources from the hospital clearly i mean reality of assigning resources right. from a philosophical perspective like an 80 year old like if socrates were alive and were 80 years old right now his life would clearly be more valuable than mine well uh, some of us would say they both have inherent value <laughs> but, but philosophically i mean i'm talking yeah. from a, a purely a medical resource standpoint like how could they possibly do that well I mean, I would say that they, they both have inherent value and and what is necessary is for both of those people to be free to pursue the treatment or or the the to pursue whatever it is that they want. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I'm so worried about the state and what you're saying. No, I know. I, I'm yeah. telling I'm I'm not saying that this is like a, a blonde invention. They do yeah. they do take this into consideration when they triage in emergency situations. Like doctors yeah are already told that they have to do this. I, I didn't invent this, you guys. Jesus. 
Yeah, or saying this is the way it ought to be or that, you know, that 80-year-olds should not be able to obtain health care if they don't find I'm someone saying who's willing to do it. I'm saying none of those yeah. things. I, of course. Most people probably don't even make it to this point of the show, so they're not going to hear me say yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> enjoy <sighs> the comments. Uh, Gabe the Dizzle, I forgot you don't read under $20, but I've spent $30 in super chats. <laughs> we don't read under $10, Gabe. I'll read the 9.99s though. Um, regarding prior on lie spotting and deception detection, we should talk about local liars. They have been trying to get your attention for a while. Um, oh, I read just, all your stuff. Oh, just send me an email too. And you know, this is this is the rule we we have to try to keep the show. You know, tonight we're going over three hours. Hey, happy two hundred show. Um, but I, understand everybody who's out there. If if you're trying to get a message to me, and it's not complaining about blonde because I don't care about that. <laughs> But if, but if you're if you're trying to get my atten- like my eyes on something or you're trying to ask me something, just send me an email. Don't treat super chat as a way to like converse with me. I'm, I try yeah. to be as accessible as possible. So just just send me an email. Of course, I appreciate support for the show. So yep. thank you for that. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, do you have more? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I got more. Oh my god! Holy, we're being held hostage tonight. Thank I know. You guys. I'm super grateful. People are giving us their Corona bucks. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate it, you guys, because very much. they know that the USD is going to be worthless soon. I, the, the joke's on us, I think. Yeah, they're like, "Here's your money, but you're all going to be selling your bodies for toilet paper soon, don't you know?" Uh, come on, that was funny. Some no, that's, it was all right. All right. Uh, John Martin made my second batch of homemade kimchi today. Woo-hoo. That sounds fun. Mm. Um, Abed, at the risk of doxing us, I messaged Blonde three years ago for advice about my relationship. You set me straight, and I'm grateful every day I reached out. Almost six years strong. Wow. My girl is beautiful and smart, and her name is Emmeline. Whoa. Best name. That's really cool. That's a really oh cool coincidence. I don't remember what I told you, uh, and for that I apologize, but I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad it was good advice. I think I might have told him to shit or get off the pot. Huh. Maybe I'm wrong. And of course, a lot of my own personal, a lot of my own life navigation has been at Blonde's uh, forceful advice. Aww. So, you know, you're done good. Thank and you. congratulations, Ovid. That's really cool to hear. Oh, and I owe well, him I am a... not going to be niggered. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Gabe the Dizzle. You didn't get the implication of the Italy signing China's one Silk Road Italian leftist let China backdoor the Eurozone. This is Eurozone global homo backup plan for failure of EU after Brexit. That's some mm. deep tinfoil, wow. but I could probably get on board at this point. Well, the longer this goes on, the deeper it's going to get. I'm kind of excited to watch. Uh, Arc of the Sea, no note. Let me reload. Charles uh, Charles No says, happy 200. you the best guys. You're the best guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Seth Vader says, the media panic over the virus and a handful of officials, politicians using the panic to push their progressive policies has made me only more skeptical of it. I'm right there with you, man. Yeah. Uh, Mike Newman says, have you seen Steven Crowder's Kung Flu fighting music video? He made me laugh. Uh, I saw he posted a parody of it, but uh, yeah, I've not seen it yet. I'm sure it is good. I'll have to check it out. Is it better than Emily Yukis's video? I don't know. That one's pretty good. Uh, Are you good? Thomas Thomasine says another 10 bucks. I don't owe you money for like four months. It is totally averse. Oh, oh thank you. I'm, I, I, again, you can send me the specific verse to my email. And I'll yeah. Matt actually reads his out. email. Don't send it to the show email though. I only read it once a week. And um, don't, uh, don't email me if you're complaining about blonde. Cause then I really don't care. My you friend. can email me if you want to complain about blonde, blonde in the belly of the beast at gmail.com answer or read it. Uh, Charles, no happy 200. Oh, oh sorry. sorry. He also said my friends who were a couple now divorced, created a song about it. Thou shalt not eat bats times four. So there's a song. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Charles, no, happy 200. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. Seth Vader, the media panic. No, I already read these. I already read these. Oh, I thought you were reading from Streamlabs. 
No. Are you done on Streamlabs? Uh, no, there's, I haven't even started. Oh, Jonathan okay. Farrier says, hey, man, I haven't uh, received my OnlyFans picks yet. Blonde will never sell out. Um, That's an iDubs yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Although I felt accomplished because in looking at the Twitter trends of this iDub con- iDubs controversy, I realized that iDubs follows me on Twitter. Really? And I thought, all right, cool. I've made my mark on this world. Because he's waiting <laughs> feel- for you to release your dick pics. Yeah, probably. There's or he's gonna. Um, I if if ever if he, I know he's not doing content cop anymore, but as far as I'm concerned, content cop was some of the finest YouTube material ever made. I have never watched his channel, so I don't know. Oh, content cop was fantastic. And if he ever did a content cop on me, I, you know, I would I would be honored. Please, if iDubs wanted to roast me, it would it would be the greatest. It'd be the greatest day of my life. Anyway, oh. what? I was going to insult you, but I'm, I'm too tired. He, if you get roasted by iDubs, you know that you've made it, man. Cantoria says, what would this situation look like if Hillary were president? Oh, uh, good question. She's tweeting about it. You can yeah. tune in there on her Twitter account. Let's see. Um, holy cow, you guys. Uh, over on DLive, oh. uh, Darth Jones says, for, uh, Dar- Darth Jones, I already read it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Aleppo Moment uh, says, which revolver should I get with my Wu flu box? The only revolver I have is just a, a single action, like Old West Replica 22 revolver. So I'm a bad person to ask that question, although I would like to get a more serious uh, hand cannon, but uh, I'll have to I'll have to send you to some gun channels and check out reviews. Or actually, the best thing you can do for any gun purchase is check out a range where they rent them, find out which one works best for you, and good luck. Crypto Crook says the best part of surprise cringe is blonde's face. Well, thank you. Uh, Does it matter? Says no, no, just shackles. Thank you. Etc. Says those who sacrifice freedom for security deserve neither. Good quote. Nick Mac says, blonde orthodoxy is the way there's an amazing church in Post Falls crawling with hot mamas and BB. What's BB? Babies? I don't know. Uh, Mick Mac says, you Jews didn't read my D-Life donation. <laughs> well, I disavow the ethnic reference. Mm-hmm. But um, which one did I not read? Mm-hmm. I can go back and find it. I didn't. Maybe we missed it on uh, Super Chat. Or maybe it's just from... from it might be the one that's earlier. We read them both now. Okay. Uh, holy cow, you guys. Can't believe how long we've gone tonight. Appreciate it. Seriously, um, on a serious note, the, uh, it, it, things are going to get crazy in the coming months just in terms of the uncertainty in this country, in terms of the... We got some more super chance. Finances and all. I just, I really appreciate that, that people are, are putting up support for this show, man. I, I honestly have no idea what the hell to expect. Yeah. And... You know, I, I just generally, I appreciate everybody, what everybody's doing for us and we're not quitting anytime soon. Do not worry. So thanks for, thanks for sticking with us. Propaganda annihilator says, uh, in 2017, pneumonia and flu was the eighth cause of death with 55,000 some odd, uh, cases or deaths or a mean of 4,600 deaths per month. Your data had 2,400 deaths for, uh, coronavirus or 2,500 deaths for coronavirus in March. In March, put it in perspective, the world does not stop for the flu. Why this? Fuck fear-mongering fascist Fauci. I guess the counter that they would say is the unknown, that this is way more uh, contagious, that we know how the flu behaves, I suppose. Listen, I'm right there with you. I'm skeptical. Uh, And I I agree, we don't shut down the world for things that are of similar scale. Phil says... uh, I'll bet nickname for Donald Trump is pissed that he can no longer crow about how good of a president he has been. You can't call them basketball Americans and taco America. Come on. (laughs) 
I can't do this, Phil. Although I do like the term basketball Americans. <laughs> he's, he's, Phil also says, we, we normally should be grateful that our betters have allowed us a few crumbs that have fallen from the table as they feast, that they feast from. I mean, really, do we even deserve their aid in this tough time? How are they supposed to buy their third summer home? And yeah, never forget, it's your money too. It's your money that you've paid administrative costs to circle this federal drain to come back to you. I know. So it, it's it's just money that they stole from you last year. Yeah, totally. Problem is, uh, Candy Max says, problem is we do not know who will go into ARDS and who will and who won't. So that must be uh, some sort of respiratory critical care. Again, I don't know the the acronyms. Notice the CDC did not post ages of the dead. This is not just old people. New Orleans lost 18 an 18-year-old male on Saturday. Flu does not cause ARDS in so many praying and trying to stay safe, but I've done my will. And thank you for uh, doing what you can. Um, and I, you know, I hope that this is not as, as, I just, I obviously hope that this is not that severe, but the next couple of weeks are going to be really telling. And thank you for being, uh, yeah. thank you for being, you know, right in the face of all of that. We appreciate your help as a country. Raigle Fraggle says, I think the big problem with CV is the uh, coronavirus is the rate that it spreads uh, to blonde. I like saying flugaloo more too. You need to <laughs> oil them titties. If not for you, then for your hubby, he has to look at them too. You won't, you don't want to look at those. You don't want to look at those boober eats tramps. Lol. All right. It's a whole thing. It's really bad. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think we're all good unless we're all right. We got some more super chats. Um, Mike Newman says, Blonde looks great oh, shit, tonight. We have more stream lives too. <laughs> By God. <laughs> Spaghetti just turned into tacos. Yeah, um, all right. Uh, Mike Newman, Blonde looks great tonight. Thank you so much. Uh, the state of my ass is not awesome, and I've gained 26 pounds, but uh, everything's fine. <laughs> everything's fine. Everything's going to be fine. Gabe the Dizzle, shut up and take my money. As an American, I'll pay money to contact you the way God and Adam Smith intended. I'll email you. <laughs> Silk Road is in tinfoil. Like I said, we should talk. Okay. All right. Uh, Mike well, Newman. You. Kung flu is from China. China. <laughs> thank you for the clarification. <laughs> uh, Colin says, here's your Corona bucks for the special day of going three hours. Love you guys. Stay safe. And remember, blonde is the best since you are a boomer, Matt. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, whatever. Jamie I'm in no position to fight after three hours. Listen, our brain leaves us after two hours. I don't have any brain matter left after three. Ever since I turned 30, uh, Jamie Clay, did you ever wish you had a nickel for every show you've done? Well, now you do. Happy <laughs> two hundredth from your least favorite boomer at the retirement home. Are very you very really, clever? Really a boomer? Appreciate it. Uh, I believe so. I believe he is. Yeah, he's not lying. Oh, do you think he really lives at a retirement home? Are boomers old enough to live at retirement home? Um, uh, I think he has a special circumstance. I forget exactly why. Mike Newman, love the show. Can you have Lauren Chen back on for a three-way show? Hmm. What, do, what do you mean by that? <laughs> I, think, I do I don't love think... Roaming Millennial, but I'm intimidated by her beauty, so she can't come on. Ah, you can't have the juxtaposition, especially in no. this current state? No, I can't be next to Roaming Millennial on a screen when I'm seven months pregnant. I don't know. No, I haven't, I haven't talked to her for a little while. But uh, but yeah, I mean, she's, she's, always, uh, she's always welcome. And as I mentioned, we're going to have a situation in a few months' time where maybe Blonde needs some time off, so I'll, I'll consider my options. Although I would never want to put Blonde in a compromised position where she has to worry about such things 
What does that mean? I don't know. Now well, I wasn't won't... worried until you just said that. Well, now, now you're like, well, she can't come on the show because it makes me self-conscious. Oh, no. If she fills in for me, it's fine. Oh. I just oh, can't fine. I just can't be be next to her. Gotcha. You know? Because of her radiating half Asian beauty, it's absurd. The first time <laughs> I saw her, I was like, holy shit. Oh, my God. Um, smoking hot. Philip Hayden, no note. Uh, Frau Katz. If you think we're overreacting, how do you explain the reaction of the Communist Party of China? Not noted for being sentimental. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe they didn't want to get blamed by the world. And they have more control over their people, so it's less of a serious imposition to quarantine everybody. Yeah, I, I guess it Yeah, exactly. It doesn't surprise me that they would take drastic authoritarian measures in a place like China. It does surprise me that we're taking them here. Yeah. Uh, we're good. That's not true. Thomas Dean says another 10 oh. bucks. I just want you to... <laughs> I just want you to have to stay on longer, lol. I've been drinking. Otherwise, I'll just email you or whatever. Money well spent. Love you guys. You both look so pretty. Well, thank you. <laughs> ARDS, thank you for the clarification. Uh, guy Guy Benson says, is, is that is that a, the same Guy Benson? Different Guy Benson? I don't know. ARDS, acute respiratory distress syndrome. Oh. Fluid filling the lungs. Thank you for the clarification. Um, I'm going to pee my pants, so we got to okay. grab this up. All right. Well, almost done. Um. Kim says, blonde, I think the name uh, Emmeline is beautiful. Emmeline, not Emmeline, Emmeline. Emmeline is beautiful. uh, Thanks to both of you for being a sanity safe space in the midst of all this. Well, thank you. Captain Grok says, Matt and I once made love. He tried to flatten my curve, but I I let out experimental internet gas and it exploded with an awkward coof. Thanks for the sanity safe space. Were they trying to spell coof? C-O-O-F. I don't know what to say. I don't know. Thank you. I'm not going to be niggardly. Cal Climate says 200 blonde. Matt, congratulations. Hard to believe it's been 200 shows already and all the, and all them great, terrific, tremendous, uh, all of them great, terrific, tremendous. Thank you. Especially the very first one. Everyone listening, go back and check it out today. That is not true. Don't do that. Thank you for supporting the show. Matt Vicari says, you heard it here, folks. Don't click other, or don't lick other people's knobs. Yeah, do not. Do not lick other people's knobs. That is their property. Only do so with permission. Phil says on the hoax hate, why do those people move to areas where they are not the majority and then complain about the people who are there? Is is it a power thing? Are they sadists enjoying abusing the masochists? Even if true, they, uh, why should we care about, why should we care about outgroups? Ooh, spicy. Um, I mean, I think we should protect minority rights, of course. And I don't think you have a right to go put a sign on someone's property necessarily. I think there's a very, very low scale aggression there. But should we care that someone else has an opinion that's like, hey, I don't like you? No, it's not property damage, though. There's no damage. Yeah. But still, I wouldn't, you know, it it could be a low grade trespass or something like that. Fine. But yeah, to the point, to the main point, do you have a right to have everyone think that you're cool? No, of course not. Who, Who gives a shit about that? MCNN Ethon edition says update since being licked by Ava Louise public toilet sadly contracted gonosyphilates and passed away. <laughs> he was survived by his wife, public shower, two young urinals and a newborn bidet. Truly tragic RIP. Please don't let thoughts lick innocent toilets. I did not hear that, but thank you for the, uh, the breaking, the breaking news update. MCNN Ethon edition. All right. Kenny Max says, yes, April 29th kind of freaks me out too. We're in it for the long haul, but we have super crafty and intelligent people working on this. I'm seeing many acts of kindness, and we will get through this. Our industry will come home, and Blonde looks amazing, and thanks, Matt. Thank you, Candy Mac. Uh, we got once two again, more. 
All right. Mike Newman says, you're glowing. I did the chemistry of you three. Pregnancy glow is a big fucking lie. I'm covering up a big rash that's around my mouth like a Fu Manchu. Uh, <laughs> Gabe the Dizzle, never going to give you up. Never going to yeah. Rick rolled. Rick rolled. And then all the lyrics to that song, which are awesome. Everybody should watch the video. Um, okay, we're good. Well, seriously, thank you guys for um, for sticking with us and hanging out through the quarantine and all this bullshit and trying to sort out what's going on with the world. I know it's impossible right now. Um, but thank you for carrying us through three hours for episode 200. That's a special occasion. And our longest and, show um, ever. Oh, yeah, by far. That's probably a half hour longer than our previous record, which was, I think the previous record was 250 like two weeks ago. <laughs> anyway... Uh, seriously, thank you guys. Uh, like I said, if you're looking for more of the show, if you need l- more listening material, <laughs> check out the audio uh, platforms. They're linked in the description and on the website. And um, and uh, you can always email us as well. That's beautyandthebeta at gmail.com if you want to uh, voice your passionate opposition to everything that was said tonight. Um, other than that, uh, of course, we'll be back next Sunday with whatever happens this week hopefully good news coming but we will be back next sunday because if it's sunday sorry chuck todd 200 times in a row if it's sunday it's not meet the press it is beauty in the beta have a good night bye guys